everybody, and welcome to the 72nd episode of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Brandon Chowan, and my two good buddies joining me tonight, Ash Collins and Mark Nadu, again here this evening. Ash, I know uh, work is in overdrive mode for you right now because of the holidays, but how are you holding up? Um, yeah, what day is it again? <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, how's everything up in Canada this evening? Ah, you know, just okay. Had a bit of a shitty week this week so far. So, oh, no. Uh, hopefully when it comes out on Friday, it'll be a lot better. But Hell yeah. Uh, you can't always have five-star weeks. So That's right. I'm, take, <laughs> I'm taking my lumps. That's right. Yeah, yeah Did absolutely. Did you watch uh, hockey last night? Uh, you know, <laughs> I didn't, but my sister told me about it. I think we ended up winning – the Wings ended up winning in, overtime, in a shootout against the Jets, right? You know, if you didn't see it, it didn't happen. So <laughs> I'll take the two points instead of just the one. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, crazy. I mean, the Wings have been terrible. Uh, 90% of their wins, I feel like, have come in either a shootout or the overtime period. And uh, they're just – they're giving up points left and right, and they are not taking two points when they need to. But you know, it, it's really too bad they're in different conferences and they're only playing mm-hmm. twice a year because we should advance to do like a better something and the losers do something, know. you know, <laughs> something uh, embarrassing or you know some trials or something for the podcast. Exactly. But, uh, Th- this was actually the year. second time, right? Yeah, so they're done yeah. for the year now, which is still too what? bad because now it's a one in one. So I was gonna say, yeah, one and one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. So tonight we are continuing on in our home invasion arc with a review of The Strangers from 2008. And we also discussed the films we were assigned from last week's Besting the Backlog Challenge, moving on to round number nine. Before that, though, just a reminder, you can interact with us in a few different ways. You can find us on Twitter at Cinefessions. You can email us at contact at Cinefessions.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK. That's 1-302-448-8255. We love comments, questions, corrections, concerns, whatever. So please reach out to us using any of those services mentioned above. And you can also like our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Cinefessions and check out our long list of past reviews and all the previous 71 podcast episodes at Cinefessions.com. And actually, uh, Chris uh, put up a review this past week, one of our first written reviews in quite some time of uh, an old favorite of his called Leon the Professional. So definitely check that out at Cinefessions.com. So finally, we are proud to tell you that this episode of the Cinefessions podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial, so all of our Cinefessions listeners get an opportunity to check out what it is they have to offer. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, your Android, or your Kindle, so you're definitely bound to find something. So head on over to audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions to get your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com backslash Cinefessions. All right, so yeah, yeah. Speaking of Audible, do you guys hear pornography in the background? I, I do not. No, no, good because I am not watching any as we're talking. I, sure. I should have known that was coming. I just wanted to make sure nothing was audible. It's all. Oh man, that's right. Mm. Oh my gosh! So, Ash, what have you done this past? Week since we talked. Um, work, sleep, um, spend what time I'm conscious with my wife, and then, <laughs> you know, sleep, work, 
that pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> seems to be what we have for the week. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that seems to be the general uh, consensus for you around this time of year every year. So, very understandable. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Mark? Uh, a few things. Um I have a big backlog of actually TV shows and box sets that I bought and that yeah. I just don't watch. Um so I uh I started watching Mad Men season four on Blu-ray. So okay. I'm probably about a third of a season in. And you know when you watch a show that you haven't watched in a long time, it takes a few episodes to get warmed back up. Right. And then you ask yourself why you waited so long to watch a following season. <laughs> so I'm kind of in that mode right now. Um, I'm also on the last episode of Luke Cage. So I'm very oh, okay. uh, interested in finishing this series because so far it's been fantastic. Um, it kind of got a bit of a bump in the road, you know, towards the second third of the season. But okay. uh, I think it's Netflix's best Marvel show so far. I thought Daredevil season two was pretty fantastic just because of the Punisher. Not so much okay. because of Daredevil, but uh, this I find surpasses myself. I think surpasses everything between the style, uh, the casting, the music is phenomenal. Um, hmm. So, yeah, so I'm watching that and uh I started gaming again. Well, gaming, it's been like two days, uh, but I finally finished uh, <laughs> PAS. You know, those PS Plus games you get free with the PlayStation Network, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm due for renewal, but at 70 bucks a month, Canadian, I don't, or a year, pardon me. I was, was going to say, wow. It's so expensive. Video, electricity is so expensive up here in, in the Great White North, you know, <laughs> 70 bucks a month. But uh, yeah, so uh, I started playing Mad Max, uh, the game that came out last year. Uh, not really get tie into the movie. But that wasn't made. a free one, was it? No, that was not. But practically, okay. I got it for very cheap during the Black Friday yeah. sales. Yep. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm not very far into it. Maybe two and a half, three hours. But I'm really enjoying it so far. Um, <laughs> and apart from that, movie-wise, because I have a lot of days off in the row where I don't do anything because everybody else works. Um, <laughs> I watched a few flicks. Um, highlights. Um, well, actually, this one I watched at work. Airport 1975. That's the sequel, right? That's the sequel, yeah. So the first one okay, was 1970. Good. This one is from 75. I thought it was 73, but it's 75. Oh, okay. Um, and the cast is is amazing. We got Charlton Heston. We got Karen Black. Oh, wow. George Kennedy hmm. comes back. Uh, a young Linda Blair pre-Exorcist is in it. Oh, my gosh. Um, we've got Sid Caesar who plays a passenger. Uh, we've got... Um, Jerry Stiller, who plays a passenger. <laughs> um, I think it's her name is Helen Reddy. You know the uh, folk singer who sings uh, "I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar." You know, "I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar." Da, da, da. I, okay, I that's all I know. But uh, she's a. I think her name is Helen Reddy. She was a folk singer uh, in the seventies, or I guess late sixties, early seventies, and uh, she's in it uh, as a nun. Uh, for some reason, just kind of wanted to. Linda Blair plays a sick kid, a sick kid who needs a transplant, and so she's all snuggled in one of the airport, airplane rows. And of course, the nun goes to talk to her, and then they become like best friends for the film. Um, like Eric Estrada is in it. Anyways, it's a huge cast of characters, and uh, it's pretty fun. So in this one, the plane, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna. It's it's a spoiler. Sure, films from 1975, or it gets 74, released 75. So it's old enough, but pretty much the, the, this jumbo jet seven forty seven collides with a small passenger plane right in okay. the cockpit. Okay, so oh. one pilot gets sucked out of the plane, which I totally did not expect. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It's like a mannequin just 
shot out of the plane. Um, <laughs> one gets killed, one gets blinded. So, of course, it's up to uh, Karen Black, who's the head stewardess, who needs to hmm. pilot the plane. <laughs> and, of course, you know, the um, <laughs> the uh, the autopilot doesn't function properly and they're in the mountains. So, <laughs> it's fun. It's a blast. Uh, so, I think on my next night shifts at work, I'm going to watch Airport uh, 77, which I okay. believe has Jimmy Stewart and uh, Jack Lemmon. So, oh, wow. Fair, yeah, right? So, like, this series cost me, I think, 20 bucks on Blu-ray on Amazon. And it's totally mm-hmm. worth it. It's such a blast to watch. So I totally recommend Airport 75. And uh, the other one I want to talk about, which I completely disregarded just because, you know, the actor is who the actor is. But I watched The Do-Over with Adam Sandler and David Spade. Oh, okay. Expecting chicken shit. And you know what? I got some chicken salad. It was a lot funnier than I expected. Um, Adam Sandler isn't as – he's not playing a man boy in this one. Um, Okay. I, I don't want to spoil this one because this one's still pretty new. So I don't want to go into full, uh, uh, you know, uh, spoiler mode. Uh, yeah. But for uh, an uh, more comedy than action, there's small action scenes, but played for laughs. Um, I, I, I recommend this film. It's actually really good. This is so, the one where uh, he, uh, not what's his name, uh, David Spade, maybe plays the like bank, the yes. banker manager in the uh, grocery store. Exactly, he's a bank manager okay. in a grocery store. Um, gotcha. So he, he's and a this is a Netflix. Put out by Netflix, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see the Ridiculous Six just because uh, maybe I've heard terrible know. things about that. Yeah. So I expected more of the same with the do-over and right. uh, it's actually kind of worth it. So I would actually give this a recommend. It. I actually laughed out loud at quite a few times. Good. Yeah. Very cool. Excellent. So does that cover your week pretty well then? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I did sleep a bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much my, uh, my week in media. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. So I only watched one film that wasn't what we, you know, talked about watching. Um, and I, it was finally, finally watched The Warriors. And, uh, yeah, I've been wanting to see this film for years now. And so I finally decided, you know what? Saturday morning, I was like, let's, let's just put this on. Let's see if we can find it streaming anywhere. And so, uh-huh. um, I, I asked on Twitter if anyone knew where it was. And then I found out there's this thing called Go Watch It. I don't know if it's gowatch.it. It might be. Um, but it tells you where movies are streaming, which is awesome. I used to use can I stream.it or something like that, but that's, mm-hmm. that's a shit site. Doesn't work. So, uh, anyway, I found this and, uh, turns out it was streaming on Amazon instant video. So I decided to sit down and watch it. And, I mean, really, this is this, the Warriors is the definition of a cult film for me. It's set in the gritty New York City of the seventies, which is frankly one of the best film settings you can have. Um, and it's just so genuine and it's filled with some of the most like ridiculous gangs I've ever seen. Um, I have to say the Furies were my favorite. Uh, they're the <laughs> yeah. gang that wears the uh, baseball uniforms. They use bats yeah. as weapons. And, and for whatever reason, they paint their faces these ridiculous colors. Um, and they never say a word. I mean, ah, it's just so over the top and badass all at the same time. I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, I didn't realize the word is essentially a chase film. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you I haven't would- seen this one, I'm um, sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just say, if you haven't seen this one, basically, um, all the gangs in New York City are in a truce. And, like, the, the leader of this truce calls them all together. And he tells them essentially what, uh, what Caesar in Rise of the Planet of the Apes tells Maurice. Alone they're weak, but together they're strong. And so, one of the gangs doesn't want to hear it, and they kill him. The warriors, our, our titular gang, obviously, are blamed for the killing. So, they need to make it all the way back across New York City. I think they're, I want to say they're, like, in Brooklyn, maybe? Yeah, they're, they're somewhere around they're kind there. Of, they're yeah, kind of like Central Parkish because they're in a kind of a that, park right. Area. That's exactly where it was filmed. Yeah, or where it and looked like it was make, filmed anyway. Yeah, and they have to make their way back to Coney Island. That's Coney Island. Part. Yeah, right. And so basically, all these other gangs are trying to stop them from getting back to Coney Island. I mean, there's just so many awesome moments in this in this film that just scream cult favorite. Um, the script. The way the dialogue's delivered, the the ultra serious gang leaders who are trying to track down the warriors. I mean, it all just adds up to a really fun, unforgettable experience. Um, and after watching it, I was shocked to see that this film's not been really been given the love I feel like it deserves. Like none of my favorite publishers have released like a collector's edition, a, a collector's edition of it, which is a real shame. Like I thought for sure Arrow or or you know whoever would have uh, something for it, but all mm-hmm. I could find was like a director's cut edition of the blu-ray but Which is and i also really want to own the soundtrack but <laughs> yeah the, the director's cut is not really the version that people like because it's got those cartoon comic panel that's what i was reading yeah yeah so strange. it's actually hard to find an original like theatrical copy of it um i don't think it's out on dvd or blu-ray i think all we got was a director's cut um now, I could be wrong. I think there might have been one version on DVD, which I got rid of because I doubled up <laughs> and said it go blue because blue's bitter, right? Right. Um, so I kind of regret getting rid of my DVD copy just to confirm. But uh, yeah, that comic panel transition kind of gets hurts the grittiness of the film, the realness of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. You know, uh, one of our listeners was talking about it. He really likes that version of it. But um, I was reading a bunch of reviews that <laughs> really hate that version. So Yeah, I can't dig it. Yeah, I, can. I, I I've been so close to to pulling the trigger on the Waxworks Records website because I really want to get that Warrior soundtrack. You should. I have. Yeah, it. it's phenomenal. It yeah, is today, fantastic. Speaking of that, today, um, Mondo released the soundtrack for Ten Cloverfield Lane, which I know you talked about. You said you weren't real into, which is cool. Um, but I I listened to it on YouTube, the soundtrack, and it is it's really phenomenal. And so I ended up picking it up. And so I grabbed that one today. I, you know, worst case scenario with those, I'm going to, if I, even if I want to sell it down the road, I'm going to get at least what I paid for it. So it's a, yeah. it's a good investment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like the same with the Warriors. I really just need to, to do that one, grab that one too before it sells out. But yeah, I don't know. What I like about the Warriors is that, you know, every gang has its own demographic. Yeah. You know, like, and mm-hmm. myself, I kind of relate to the orphans, you know? Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of <laughs> orphan. We're the orphans, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a fantastic film. It, I'm surprised mm-hmm. it doesn't have a special collector's edition, you know. I know. Like you I couldn't believe it. Um, it's kind of screaming for it. If we can get like a theatrical and a director's cut of the film. Right. But yeah. There's so many exactly. memorable uh, scenes from the film and just sound bites and, oh, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite cult 70s films. Yeah, definitely. 
I can see why, and I'm glad I finally watched it. I, I, the other one I was going to watch was uh, High Tension, and so I'm probably going to watch that sometime this week. I just really want to revisit it. I really oh, liked I it the say, first time. If Yeah, if you hadn't seen it before, you're in for a treat. Yeah, no, it's a good one. It's a really good one, so I really want to watch that again. But um, So the other thing uh, I got this week, so uh, my wife, I, I made the mistake of telling her that uh, Toys R Us was getting both the NES Classic and the Hatchimals in, which if you don't know what the Hatchimals are, they're like some kid's toy that's like super – it's the it toy. You know, it's the Elmo of this year, I guess. Okay. And so, um, her sister wanted an NES Classic. I kind of wanted an NES Classic. She wanted it. And my niece and nephew wanted the Hatchimals. And so, Bridget, my wife and her sister decided to stay out all night at uh, Toys R Us store – and they got in line and, and slept out on the street and did that whole thing. And uh, they ended up staying there from like midnight to 8 a.m. But they walked off with two Hatchimals and two NES Classics. So um, I now have the NES Classic and it's awesome. I uh, have it set up and I've been playing it. Tecmo Bowl is significantly more difficult than Tecmo Super Bowl. And it's okay. definitely the, the worst game or the, the lesser of the two games. But I understand why you can't have Tecmo Super Bowl because that has licensed teams and licensed players. And uh, Tecmo Bowl does not. So I see why they put that one in instead. But, um, you know, I started playing uh, Bubble Bobble. No. Yeah, yeah. Balloon Fight. I started playing Bubble Bobble. I only played that for a couple minutes. So Balloon Fight kind of got me because I'd never really played it before. And I was like, this is like a, this is a game where I could see myself playing and getting better and finally eventually beating it. But um, and there's just so many good ones on there. It's crazy. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's something I'm glad to ha- to own. And uh, I just wish there was more you could add to it in the future. But unfortunately, there's not. But it does look great on my HDTV and it looks awesome. So, um, but but speaking of that, and this is this is definitely related. So, Mark, you pointed out to me last night. Yeah. This uh, you sent me a trailer for this device called the Retro Engine Sigma. Yeah. Now let me um, pull this up here. So this is basically like an NES Mini or an NES Classic on steroids. Do you want to kind of explain what this is? Yeah. So pretty much, it's called the Retro Engine Sigma. It's a mini console and media player that you can currently, um, I guess, back on Indiegogo. So it's not a sure thing. But as of right. this recording, uh, it's actually got 806% of its fixed goal. <laughs> and you so, know what? That's that's funny because last night I was writing up like my speech here and I wrote down yesterday. Uh, so the, the goal is already at 478% of its $20,000 goal, which means it sits just under $100,000. That was less than 24 hours ago. Now it's at 860% and a yeah. hundred, almost 200000 170 just shy of $172,000. So this thing fucking blew left. up last night. Yeah, there's a month left on the campaign, which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So what it is, um, now, I don't know about the guts of it, but to me, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, it looks like a tiny Genesis, like a Sega Genesis, yeah. but it's silver in color. Um, and pretty much, I think it's like a Raspberry Pi for emulation, where um, it's right. got a beautiful uh, GUI interface, so graphical user interface. And it's able to stream everything from like an Atari 2600 up until apparently an N64. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There's PlayStation on there too. A PlayStation 1? Yes. Really? Yep. I did not see that. Yeah, that was listed on the 
the picture at least. Oh, yeah, which I'm looking the, at right the, now. The Neo, the Neo Geo, um, uh, Neo Geo Classic, the little portable or color, I should say. Oh, there's the PlayStation. And yeah. What got me excited is it's also got an, a Mame emulator because I love yes. me some retro arcades. <laughs> so. Now it doesn't tell. It tells you you have to hunt for your own ROMs. Uh, so I don't know if Which there's any special package. Now ROMs are not hard to find. Super easy. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that. But it pretty much it's a HDMI um, little emulator box that hooks up uh, to uh, your TV or, or whatnot, and you will be able to play all these systems. It comes in two uh, in two sizes, I guess the 16 gig and the 32 gig set. Um, it's got, and like I picked up the Speedy Backer, which is now sold out, but it comes. Is with, it sold out? Because that's what I got yesterday too. Yeah, it's sold out. Uh, wow. I guess sometime uh, today it sold out. Okay. But it comes with the so the machine AC adapter, a dual stick analog controller, and a retro console or a retro controller as well. So okay. one looks like a PS3 controller. One looks like mm-hmm. a I think N60 or pardon me a Super Nintendo controller. And I thought it would look use, more like Genesis. To me. Oh, uh, oh I'm it's got sorry. that yes, funky D pad. It's got the crescent moon look. Pardon me. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of two different uh, projects. Um, but this will, uh, you can also use any USB controller. So I've got, I think I've got an N64 uh, controller that's yeah. USB. So I, I have N64 and it. SNES. And you can use Bluetooth controllers. So you can use your PS3 controllers on this. And yeah, that's what I love about the the bundle that you pointed out to me last night is that it came with that Bluetooth uh, expansion, basically. That so you can hook up your Bluetooth controllers to, which is awesome. Yeah, and uh, you can also. I I'm not sure about N64. Uh, pardon me, uh, PS4 controllers. I don't mm-hmm. see why you can't. Um, yeah, you so should this be able looks. To. This kind of looks too good to be true. <laughs> I know that's the problem. Um, I, yeah, I paid 69 US plus shipping, so it came out to 79 US uh, to Canada. Uh, so that option is sold out, but now you can get the six, you can get the 16 gig for 69 plus shipping, or a 32 gig for 89 plus shipping. So I saved uh, 20 bucks um, yep. US, which to me is about 150 Canadian. So yay! Uh, but it looks fantastic. You can go on Indiegogo.com and uh, just type in uh, Retro Engine Sigma. And the video makes it look pretty sharp. I hope it delivers. It's supposed to ship around May 2017. It says April 2017, but on other websites, I've seen uh, May. So honestly, I don't expect to see it till June. <laughs> right. Uh, but if it all goes well, this will be a fantastic device. And I don't think they're going to sell this retail. It's only an Indiegogo campaign. Yeah, that's according to the to the Indiegogo page. That's what it says, right? Yeah. So they're looking for 20000 in backing. They've already got almost 172000 Still with a month ago, I don't see why this will not work. But right, you know, I've been burned before. You know, shame on me. So, but I've got faith in this one. Yep, yeah, I did the I did the same set you did, which is now unfortunately sold out. Um, but uh, yeah, so like seven, I think I paid seventy four with shipping, seventy five with shipping uh, to the U.S. So I mean, it's a great deal if it actually works the way they claim it's going to. Which frankly, yeah. the technology in it isn't that advanced. Like I feel like. If we got no. together, we could probably put something like this together on, on you know, some level, just you know using what? our computers. You know what I mean? But Yeah, you can buy a Raspberry Pi 2 yeah. emulator kit on Amazon yep. and do it yourself. But this comes with a nice, cute little case. And exactly. And all, all the USB ports already set up. And you right. can actually also get an expansion hub to hook up four controllers. It's got HDMI. Um, and uh, it's also going to use an app on your uh, Android or, or smartphone so that yep. that's how you load games and stuff. It looks really user-friendly. 
Um, I can't see why this would fail or that people, if people get ripped off, there's going to be a lot of piss off people. Oh, yes. Tons. I, plus, this has 4K support if you have a 4K TV. Yes. Yeah. It's also a media hub on top of a gaming yeah, exactly. simulation uh, program. So, right. I'm excited. I got six, seven months to wait. So, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, once uh, we get our uh, machines, we'll be able to uh, review and hopefully we'll be able to buy by that point. Maybe they'll change their stance on selling it after the fact. So, yeah, exactly. Ash, have you seen this one yet? I saw it. Um, I don't know. I, I've been kind of doing stuff like that on and off on computers over the years anyway. Um, but, yeah. So I, That's what I, you know, some people, they, you know, it's nothing yeah. to them. But yeah. So yeah, I was just curious. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I backed it. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the best, obviously, you know, uh, <laughs> back at your own risk. Uh, but it, because anything I need to go work Kickstarter, nothing is guaranteed. But I mean, I'm excited about it. And I figured some of our listeners would be as well. So we just wanted to point that out for you guys. And really, what got me hooked on this was mm-hmm. that the it seems so user friendly. Like, yeah, from what you see, you boot it up, and then the screen looks nice. It doesn't look like a you know how some emulators on computers are just they just don't look nice. Right. And this looks polished as fuck. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm hoping that uh, they deliver what they uh, what they're. Uh, showing right now so yeah no absolutely very good so let's move over so uh to the question of the week we took a a few weeks off from asking a question of the week but i've got uh something for you guys today courtesy of a listener so this is from our loyal listener brent and he asks are there any films you would like to see turned into television series and he notes that it's a big trend right now and that he actually started listening to us uh, back when we were arcing through the season one of the Scream TV series, which is kind of when the podcast really took off around episode nine, when we really kind of got into the groove and started doing weekly series. So um, he, I'll, I'll start. I'll let you guys think about it and I'll start with uh, what hits he thought of. Um, he suggested a Purge TV series where we get a look at the other 364 days of the year when the Purge is not going on and just showing how society functions, the the PTSD that would inevitably come along with such an event and uh, kind of like non-purge crime punishment. Um, you know, I really think that's a cool idea, but I would like it more focused if they were to do something like this. Um, kind of around the purge events more specifically, for example, like the week or month before the event. And then the finale happens during the event. And we've kind of followed this one set of characters the entire season. So we really grow to care about what happens to them on purge night or, or something along those lines. Uh, but I think that's a really cool idea. So that is um, like how the purge starts at the end of the last episode of the first season. You know, uh, Yeah. Like- and so now the whole cliffhanger is how the purge happens and then the aftermath that's season two. That'd be kind of right. cool. No, absolutely. Yeah. So what about you guys? Any any films you'd like to see turned into a television series? Either one of you can jump in here or I can go if you want some more time. You know what? Go for it if you have something in mind. Okay. Yeah. So for me, it has to be um, Salo or 120 Days of Sodom. <laughs> I think I think there's at least like 10, 12 episode seasons here where we get to watch each and every one of those 120 days in graphic detail. So it's a cooking show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. No, we'll go back and talk about that in a little bit. But no, seriously. Yeah. Um, it would have to be. So I have I have show in mind, and it would uh, I have a title for it already. The it'd be called the Warren Case Files. 
And it would take a different case from Ed and Lorraine Warren, who was, uh, as all our listeners probably know, is the couple from the Conjuring films. And it would give us a new, because this is, obviously this couple is based on a real life couple, Ed and Lorraine Warren, so blah, blah, blah. And so this series would give us a new story to follow every few episodes or so. Um, so we'd probably get like two or three different cases each season, unless there's one really long one that could last a whole season. Um, but I feel like they'd be shorter seasons, like 10, 12 episodes each. Um, and they would have to be on something like FX or HBO because I want to see, obviously, production quality behind them, as well as I want them to not be afraid to take chances, which I think like those stations are are known for that, like FX has American Horror Story, and HBO obviously has tons of stuff. So, um, But I think that would be just a kick-ass television series that I would absolutely have to watch. Yeah. So that, that would be my idea. Okay. Well, very good question. Now, what I would like is a show based on They Live. But now, okay. the first season, it's just a guy who's you know uh, maybe middle management of a of a insurance firm or a, you know a financial firm, and then he discovers discrepancies and just you know odd goings in the company. Mm-hmm. So the whole season is this guy trying to uncover something fishy within his company, which kind of expands further, and then it's like the last episode, you know. He puts on sunglasses and sees that his boss is like a they they live alien. <laughs> so the whole right. the whole first season, you don't know it's a they live show. You're just seeding, <laughs> seeding. So let's say season one's like eight episodes or something, something yeah. short because twenty one would be too, way too much. Oh yeah, and like maybe an eight or twelve episode. And the whole season is like the guy, his family, his friends, and then just something seems just off. And as the show, as the season progresses, it becomes a little more apparent. But not they live apparent, right? But that's the complete reveal with like the last like you know thirty seconds of the last episode of the first <laughs> season is that you know maybe he you know he gets these glasses who knows how you know I don't have anything scripted but then you know he just puts them on because maybe he got into a fight or you know came to work with a hungover and then he looks at his boss and it's a what, what the fuck is this and then <laughs> cut you know and the season's over and then like season two begins and wh- where do we go from there you know. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. So it's a they Hell live yeah. show, but you don't know it's a they live show till the fucking last few seconds of the first yeah. episode, of the last episode. Love that. That would be fun. It, that awesome. would be like a what the fuck stars. Right. Obviously, it's gonna be a stars channel. <laughs> and it's like what the fuck stars it looks like a white collar show like a show like yeah and it turns out it's a fucking carpenter oh nerd boners <laughs> common orgasms on the internet oh fantastic just like oh, the pornography man. i'm not watching right now <laughs> oh, God. oh well, that's a good one i like that very cool all right and what about you ash anything i don't know um i think uh I don't know. A Star Trek series would be good. Oh wait, they've done those. Uh, we're getting a new one. Um, I would actually like to see um a couple of different '80s properties developed into a series, just because I think they'd be kind of crazy and fun. Okay. Um, there's a a really cheesy B sci-fi movie that was actually made for 3D when there was a 3D resurgence in the 80s uh, called Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Yes, it's a fun movie. Molly Ringwald's in it. Um, I can't tell you the guy, one of the one of the Ghostbusters is in it. Um, Ernie Hudson? Yeah, Ernie Hudson's in it. That's who it is. Say um, the title again because I have to find this now. 
Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Okay. Awesome. I've got a poster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, nice. I, I love that movie when I was a kid. And I think, honestly, it's got enough already there that they could do like an ongoing series of him just bumming around the galaxy, getting involved in all sorts of weird, random shit. And I think that would just be hilarious. So I would love to see a series based on that. And that's the awesome. major bad guy in the movie. Uh, I think his name is, is Overfiend or something. Yeah, the the um, Overfiend. Yeah, he's played by yes. Michael Ironside. <laughs> Michael fucking oh, nice. Ironside, unrecognizable. Yeah, he huh. is in oh, so much makeup. Oh, he's so amazing in that though, because he's so fucking badass. <laughs> That's awesome. I definitely have to track that down. I've never even. Uh, I don't think I've ever even heard of it. It was like 1984. Okay. Yeah, it's old. Mid 80s. Yeah, it's awesome. fucking great though. That's cool. What a what a good choice. I like the obscure choice there. That's awesome. So awesome. Great. So thank you to Brent again for the question this week. It was a great one and much appreciated, my man. So thank you. If you, you have any questions for the three of us here at the Cinefessions Podcast, please hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag InFilmWeTrust for all your questions that you would like to have us answer on the show. So again, use that hashtag in film we trust, and we're going to do our best to answer all of them. So um, of course, that is our new slogan for, for Cinefessions here, and we're really excited to get it out there um, once the holidays are over and our graphic designer isn't so backed up. So <laughs> once once Ash has some more free time. But, oh, yeah, uh, that and all that candy I've been eating. Oh, oh, that backed up. That's, that's- <laughs> <laughs> I love Exactly. Candy. Oh, man. If for some reason you're not on Twitter, though, you can always call us at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contact at cinefessions.com for any questions of the week. And again, thank you, Brent, and we would love to hear more from any of our listeners out there. So, it's about that time, folks. Let's move on to our Home Invasion arc review of the week for The Strangers. Now, again, as always, if you have not seen the film, pause the podcast now, go watch the movie, and then come back and finish it up because there will be spoilers from the beginning to the end of the film. Everything will be revealed, so make sure you've seen the film before you listen to us talk about it. All right, so The Strangers is from 2008, written and directed by Brian Bertino. It has an IMDb score of 6.2 out of the 94,136 current votes, a Metacritic score of 47, a tomato meter of 45%, and an audience score of 47%. It had a $10 million budget, around there at least, and it grossed $52.5 million, so clearly a success, and undoubtedly the biggest film that I think that we're going to talk about the entire arc, this entire arc. Um, I think this is really like the only one that got a big theatrical release. Even Knock Knock, I think, was more indie and more uh, kind of uh, Art did the festival circuit. Yeah. Yeah. So this is definitely our biggest film. So, Ash, what's your history with The Strangers? Have you seen the film? Uh, yes. Okay. But, uh, you know, not really all that familiar. <laughs> Stuff, yeah, yeah. The joke is just as lame the second fucking time. Uh, Wow. Oh man. (laughs) All right. Okay. um, So no, yeah. I I, I, microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I actually have a copy of it. Uh, I just actually converted it over to digital to watch it today. Um, Oh, okay. uh, Um, when uh, Blockbuster got it in, I. Yeah, when we still had a blockbuster, two thousand eight. Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where so, I initially uh, bought this from too. 
yeah so that's where i uh yeah I excellent what about until i came and rented it okay and what about you mark what's your history with the strangers I never saw it in the theaters but this is one of the first batch of blu-rays I ever bought uh oh, so okay. i only saw this on blu-ray gotcha excellent yeah so this is one of the films that kind of i always talk about because it was one that i first saw in theaters and I didn't like it at all. I was super excited to go see it. We saw it opening weekend, maybe even opening night, I don't remember. And we were in a packed theater and the crowd was not good. They were very vocal and it was just really annoying. Um, and uh, they were yelling at the screen, things like that. And so it really bugged me. And so I just, I, I didn't connect with the film at all. I didn't like it at all. I was really disappointed. Um, and then for whatever reason, I decided to give it another shot. So I rented it again, watched it at home and fell in love with it. And I've been in love with it ever since. So... Um, this is one Do I think I actually, to it? That usually once or twice a week. Yeah. Is it because of but. Scott Speedman? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. He is so good in this one. It's better than <laughs> the world. Um, yeah. Okay. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I have, uh, you know, I've seen this movie. This is probably, I think I was thinking about it. It's probably about the fifth time I've seen this one on this viewing here. So. Yeah, that's that's my history with the strangers. So, and and even though I've seen it so many times, it's been such a it's been a while because I didn't actually watch it this Halloween. I think it's been about two Halloweens since I've watched it now, and there are things that I just didn't remember, things that I didn't catch previously, or whatever the case may be. Um, and for example, right from the beginning, I did not remember there being this voiceover opening. And uh, Frank, I, I thought it was kind of strange because it doesn't really fit the intimate nature of what we're about to see for me, for whatever reason. Um, but I, I do love though the the flashes from black to like the different houses as we open because it just gives that like anywhere USA feel, and I think mm -hmm. that's really important. I think that's Is, well, and that's what the director because uh, I happened to look it up on Wikipedia because I was trying to find out who did the yeah. Um, the uh that was what the director was going for was kind of like you know this this house could be anybody's house exactly yeah and i think um, they nailed that yeah the narrator to me uh sounds just like the guy who narrates the to the law and order yes no he absolutely does yeah is it him um, it, don't know he's not credited. oh okay and there's no like it's not on his IMDb page. It's not on anything. Like there's they're like he's not credited. No one bothered to credit this dude. That's anyway. interesting though, and it makes sense because you do hear him say "chung chung" right before the movie starts. <laughs> <laughs> chung chung. Oh chung. my god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so I, I felt I felt the. I, I felt the uh, the opening uh, monologue or, you know, title scroll makes me think a bit of Texas Chainsaw. So, yes, yeah, that was the I'm other thing I liked, yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of in that, okay, I'm going to see something Texas Chainsaw-y, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So it kind of puts you in a, a, a specific direction or frame of mind when you first start the film. Yeah, definitely, definitely there, yep. I thought it was interesting that also that we we see the end of the film first. So we see the two boys walking up to and they go inside the house where the attack takes place and everything. And basically all we find out in that is that there are two bodies and blood everywhere, um, which could give us any impression, I guess, at that point. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting choice, a very specific choice to show the ending 
before the before we kind of understand what's going on. I don't like that. I think it kind of kills any suspense you might have with the film. I was not a fan with direct the direction that they took. I think it's kind of like spoiling your movie with the trailer. You're spoiling the end, you know, five minutes in. Yeah, it's very it's very Brechtian, letting the audience in on the secret, kind of. Yeah. But um, see, that I was the thing I didn't like about um, in the I love in the mouth of madness. It's one of my favorite Carpenter films. No spoilers. I, I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, it starts off though. It, it's in is a, a the the technical term is in media res. You're not actually at the end, but you're yeah. at the ending of the bulk of the film, and it goes from there. And it's just kind of like uh, I hate that. And then Carpenter does that again in um, Ghost of Mars. Yeah, and, Ghost of Mars. Yeah, and Ghost of Mars was just that was just a complete letdown. It's like because you know she's the only freaking person who makes it is right come on see but i think what's different here is that we don't know the fate of these characters you know there's blood everywhere and there's no there's couple bodies but we don't know whose bodies they are we never see them we don't know we don't know anything really other than the fact that there are two bodies and there's blood oh we don't even know that that's the house i i I knew it i i just i I knew when when i know i'm right about endings i get these special cramps and my cramps (laughs) are going hard I fucking knew because of my cramps. Oh, man. It had nothing to do with the fact that you're talking about the first time you've seen it? You knew? No, no the second time. Cramps okay. are harder because I've already seen that. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's my that's my point. Did you know the, the first, first time you watched it? And I was pushing against my stomach, so it hurt. <laughs> so ridiculous. I know. I'm stupid. Oh man! You know, you know, you ca- you can't give me any shit for the strangers joke anymore at all. Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I got I got an old man, so <laughs> gauntlet thrown. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so the immediately when we meet our characters, um, there's just this somber mood that's created. I mean, it, there's very clearly something wrong between the two of them from the moment the camera first th- shows them not talking at the stoplight and then all the way through until they finally enter the house. There's clearly something going on. And I think uh, Bertino does a really good job of establishing that immediately. Um, what I was surprised about is I always thought of this as kind of like a slow burn, kind of a character study. But, and, and it is in a way, but it actually moves a lot quicker than I remembered it moving virtually every time I've watched it previously. Yeah. Uh, the action starts pretty quickly. And I think that's a positive. It, I, I noticed that too. Um, this time around, I was just like, I remembered it having a little bit more of a slow burn to it. But it was just like, boom, here we go. It's like, okay. Did, did you? Did you find that it started quickly? I thought there was a lot of, you know, him and her, you know, eating ice cream, going for smokes before, you know, like you had right, the original but, knock on the door. Well, I guess, no, I guess, I guess their I mean, attack happens, you know, after he left. So, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, my sequence was out of, uh, out of order. So, and that's what surprised me is that I always felt like that was longer. But if you look, it's probably less than 20 minutes, maybe 15, yeah. 20 minutes. Before that first knock on the door, probably less less than twenty, probably. I didn't look, but it's quick. So yeah, um, and then and then she goes to uh, the record player, which oh my god, I have always loved the use of the record player in this film. Um, and this is one I, I looked up the soundtrack. They, one, they don't have it on vinyl, and two, they don't have any of the actual music that's in the soundtrack. They just have the score. 
Oh, and gotcha. so I was a little disappointed. I didn't even buy the the digital version of it because it doesn't have I, any of the songs. But we went looking for a piece of furniture at an old used furniture store, you know, yeah. like the the new the restored furniture type of stuff. Because mm-hmm. we're just looking for something we can just throw in the kitchen. And I thought of you tonight because there was an mm-hmm. old uh, floor based uh, record player sound system. <laughs> with an eight track, a recordable fucking eight track deck in it. Ooh. Oh wow! And a radio, and it worked because they were playing wow. it. <laughs> That's awesome. How much was it? Out of curiosity, do you remember that? I don't remember. I, I okay, didn't, I didn't make a note. I was like, Brandon would love this. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know, my we grandpa. actually. Yeah, that's what I was just going to talk about. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah my grandparents had one like that, and yep. I wish they still had it because mm-hmm. I'd be all over that. That said, I have no room for something of that size. But it, you know, being able to to you know start from the beginning again is yep. like my you know uh, you know I gotta I have to physically get up and move the yeah move the the needle. It's so heavy and I'm so tired. <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> It, it, it would be so nice to actually get one of those players, you know, a floor based. It's a radio. It's a piece of furniture that plays mm-hmm. music. Yeah. Speakers are all inside. Like those are pretty sweet. You can find them at like antique and vintage stores. Yeah, yeah. I have no yep. clue how much you would run these. And they're heavy as hell too. Yeah, because I actually have the the kind of the the casing of what my grandparents used to use as their record player, and they had the record player built in, but we. Uh, took it out my dad wanted the record player he took the record player and we kind of stripped the guts so it's sitting in my living room as just a uh, uh like a shelf basically sure. at this point you know but yeah i wish we didn't do that i wish it was still intact because man those are those would be great to have well, but. you know if, if you still have the frame i don't see how you won't be able to just slap in a new angle in there no the i absolutely could yeah and stuff you know yep my problem i'm using it it's like it. My um, sound bar is sitting on top of it, along with like all of my um, cable box, my modem, all that stuff. And so, like, I just wouldn't. It wouldn't be easy access is the only problem. But I could definitely move things around and try to fuck with it eventually. But it's yeah. super heavy, and so if I did that, I'd want to move it from where it is and get something else to replace it. But you know what would look good on that once you remove all your stuff? Yeah, a nice vibe. <laughs> <laughs> you know? A nice vibe of <laughs> fake flowers. Yeah, right. We got nice. some for our wedding, too. And I, I, just, I know the perfect one. So Nice. <laughs> Any, so anywho. So romantic. Yeah. Look at us. We're like decorators. God, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I have to look over. My wife's watching CSI, like the original ones on Hulu. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, not, not, not Cho Chung. That was... Ah. That was <laughs> That was a lot of glasses. And, uh, I happened to look over. I forgot she was watching CSI, and there's just this toilet. <laughs> and she's just kind of giggling, and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> she's just watching this toilet and giggling. I'm a little oh, worried. Man. Right. <laughs> I am too. I just watched Salo this week. Good lord. I'm terrified. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to distract, but uh. All right. So I really liked the roses. Obviously, this guy has uh, set up all this because we find out that he proposes and she's just not ready. And he was planning on bringing her back after she said yes and having this just romantic evening out. And then I guess they were going on a road trip from here also because they mentioned that they're canceling that. Mm -hmm. Um, But these roses, I mean, they're just so – with the atmosphere that was created, they're just so out of place. And I wrote down lonely. I don't know why, but that's just kind of the feeling I got throughout this whole, for, for, with these two characters in these moments. So they're, they're just so separate, even though they're in close quarters. 
Um, and the roses are just such a great uh, contrast to the atmosphere that's been created there. And I absolutely love that. What were the uh, roses put in? What were they put in? Yeah. What was holding the roses? I don't know. I was talking about the rose petals, I guess, oh, all over gotcha. the house. I just wanted to know if there was any vases in the film. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> um. So I was watching some of the deleted scenes and they have an extended, there's only two. Um, and the, one of them has an extended scene uh, during the flashback. So uh, obviously we flash back to the wedding party that they were at. And uh, in the film, all we see is him walking up to her and then going outside. But in the extended scene or the, the kind of the, the deleted scene, we see him at the bar kind of prepping himself to go and make this move. Um And I noticed on the second time how smart the framing was by by Bertino. So we see this basically we're we're watching this scene through James's perspective, and all we see is what's her name, Kristen, right? Mm-hmm. All we see is Kristen. She's having this conversation with somebody that's off screen, which normally you would see that, you know, you'd see that interaction, but all we see is her. She's laughing. She's drinking. She's doing different things. And I think it's so perfect because at this point, you know, all he's thinking about is her and he, he's just watching her. And so Bertino kind of frames that in such a way that all we see is her because it's all about her. And then because of what he's about to do, obviously, you know, this is such a big moment. Um, It just completely omitting the other characters in the scene of completely omitting the people that she's talking to. And we just see her and him. And I only picked that up the second time, but I think that's really smart filming. I think it's really well done. I don't know if you guys you know noticed that. Other, or Well, it's smart filmmaking, but the other thing with that is they didn't have to pay those other two people. Well, actually, that's true, but they were, there actually was people in that scene because, uh, the camera kind of, uh, turns away for a second as they're walking out in the deleted scene. And there are other people at the table dressed up and everything, but. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get a chance <laughs> to see any special features or deleted scenes. So, uh, yeah, there wasn't much this time. There wasn't even a commentary track because I was ready to watch it again with a commentary, but yeah. there's nothing on mine. One of my favorite moments of these opening here. And I feel like I'm just talking a lot, so feel free to jump in, mm-hmm. but, um, One of my favorite moments is because it's just so ah, right. They're at the table. She's talking to him and she's like, you know, hey, I want to talk about this or whatever it is because he gets up and she's like, you know, I want to talk about this more. And he just, he almost whispers it, but he says, it's embarrassing. I mean, what a perfect definition of how that must feel. Spending all this time picking out the ring, setting up this special moment, and then realizing that this person that you love is not on the same page. I can't even imagine how that must feel. But that line, that that quote, it's embarrassing, I thought was just about as damn perfect as it could get in that moment. Yeah. It, oh, what I like about that is that you're seeing like, touching moments before like carnage happens. So, you know how, you know, you start the film and you've got the voice or narration where you're thinking to go one direction and mm-hmm. then you see, you know, usually you see, you know, a bunch of friends or a happy couple, they go down the wrong way on a, on a, on a highway or something. Then, you know, they get caught with, you know, local folk yeah. who might be a little slower, whatever, you know, uh, the stereotype. Yeah. and in this case here, you know, they're at their residence, you know, and they're, fall- I wouldn't, they're not falling out of love. But they're no. at a roadblock, you know? Yes. And I got to think, let's say, you know, fast forward in the film and let's say that, you know, you survive. 
Mm-hmm. Would your idea change vis-a-vis marriage? You know, like, do you realize I could have lost you? So now, yes, yeah. I'm all in, you know? Oh, um, I think absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm well, thinking me. You get that. You get that too. Um, yeah. I said it all depends if you get disfigured because if you're all cut up and stuff, you know, you're going to lose. <laughs> oh, God. I ain't dating no nine. I'm oh. dating a 10. You know what I'm saying? High five. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you want me to put a ring on that? Yeah, you're gonna have to be platinum, baby. Oh my god! No, no, no cool record for this motherfucker. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow! Um, it, playing with that though, another line, <laughs> not not with that, but another line is uh, she asks. Or I think it's she that says or he that says it. Uh, you know, where do we go from here? What do we do now? And it's I don't know. I mean, it's just. Great. I think it's, I think the opening of this, I love so much. These two together, I think is so good. And it, it just, it makes me care about the characters. It makes me want to see them survive, which is so important. I, I have to admit, a little bit of an aside, when, you know, when they go, where do we go from here? Yeah. I directly go to Buffy's What's More With Feeling <laughs> and the song that they sing at the end of oh, Where Do We Go From Here? So it's playing oh my in my God. head. <laughs> Because my mind wanders once in a while, you know? Every and, once in a while it does, does it? Every, every once in a while it does. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the day is done I, I, and we I, kind of won. And uh, <laughs> yes. a great big cheer. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Where do we God. go from, <laughs> from here? here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is, this is weird. I'm just saying, if this, if, this was, <laughs> if this was, you know, uh, Angel and Buffy, this would be like a five-minute movie. <laughs> it's like a barbecue steak 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 and they're done yeah <laughs> gosh oh man so the action kind of picks up right after this so they're about to you know have makeup sex yeah. and um all of a sudden and, there's this and right go ahead. there right there is why i absolutely cannot even really sympathize with the, the bad guys of this film. They cock-blocked us. <laughs> they cock-blocked us, right? <laughs> yep, you're absolutely fucking right. Honestly, I think they saved Scott Speen from Bangladesh, is my opinion. Hey, hey. Are now. you kidding? I think the hero... Oh. I, think I think she's more in danger of getting something, un, you know, unfeeling uh, <laughs> than Folks, he is. Scott Speedman dodged a motherfucking bullet. Thank oh, you, you're bad nuts. Guys. Thank you, you nuts. bad guys. Yeah, I want cry sex. I want you to cry on my chest. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, Liv Tyler. She wasn't crying. Yeah, she would have. She- <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Uh, uh, or was that an Armageddon reference? You know, I, that- I just, I just don't. I never liked her. Okay. I, don't, I don't. I think she's very, very pretty. I don't I know think what she, it is. I think she's I'm a great actress. Yep. I, I don't know what it is with Aerosmith uh, video girls, but her, Alicia <laughs> Silverstone. I'm sorry, not interested. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, Clueless came out when I was in a very um, specific age. So, were you rolling I, with the homies? <laughs> I'm rolling with, with my the homies. homies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest her soul. She's passed, and that's sad. Yeah. Eight that's right. Brittany Murphy, everybody. Hmm. Yeah. That, that broke. Mm hmm. Um, so obviously we get, (laughs) we get the knock on the door and I think that's, you know, obviously this is when the action picks up for me. And so 
I think they do such a good job. So the light being out, obviously, he doesn't know why. So he tries to switch. But no, it's because she unscrewed the light bulb a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't see her face. We just see the shadow. And then is Tamara home? I mean, just like so fucking odd and strange in the way she handles it. And then the see you later, right as she's walking away. It's just so perfect. Um, I think it's such a... There's actually a reference. Hang on, I have to Google it because I (laughs) forgot it. I was one... Okay. I have it written down here. So the actress asking for Tamara, um, she actually played a character called Tamara in Pirates of the Caribbean Stranger Tides. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Was that before this? No, I don't think so. Uh, I'll double check on MDB. Uh, I don't think Stranger Stranger Tides came out came out later. Oh well, then how was it a reference to something that hasn't happened? Uh, Fucking future! I don't know. Uh, That's a good question. (laughs) Gemma Ward. Maybe the maybe the the writer was big fan of the Strangers. Uh, (laughs) I I think I think it's more of a coincidence. That, yeah, you know, she yeah. Tamara, yeah. and then mind blown, she plays a character called yeah, Tamara in the future. Yeah, right. she's actually she's a, one of the mermaids in that. In the, yeah, on Stranger Times. <laughs> oh, Is man. that number two? I really only liked the first one. That was number four. I, I actually no oh. idea. I fell asleep during the first one and never went back to it. Arg. It was actually on the other night. I was trying to watch it while I was. Oh, I think it was last week while I was editing the podcast. I had it on in the background, and I just I'm just not interested. I can't. I can't get interested in that film for some reason it's like orlando bloom you know he aired or he was in an aerosmith video and ever since i just don't care <laughs> <laughs> oh but my gosh go, going back to that scene though yeah um, just an unexpected knock on a door is right at to begin four with. o'clock in the morning and this one which i like it's four in the morning so these like these three uh villains are doing this pretty close to daylight you know yeah um which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy because you usually expect, oh, it's midnight, it's one in the morning. It, this is at four in the morning. Yeah. So, like, the, people are going to, you know, get out of bed in a few hours, going to head to work. So, they don't yeah. have that much time to, to play with, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, just you're, you're on a couch watching TV and you hear knocking your door, you kind of jump a bit. Mm-hmm. You know? So, having this, and these are, like, strong knocks. And that's a solid door. And for yes. them, like... It's it's very jarring. It kind of just makes you uneasy right off the bat. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love that. Even better, I think, is the second time when it knocks. So obviously he goes and to get the cigarettes. So mm-hmm. um, she is playing the song, and 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 did you catch? I love this part in the song. The like the lyrics that are playing are "Should we go outside?" Right as the random knock happens at the front door again. Um, which is would actually be the first time after he left, and just the way she jumps, like she, her reaction was so genuine. Yeah. Um, which I was in the special feature I was watching this. They they intentionally did that. Ha, kind of had noises coming from different directions at different times because they wanted to get those genuine reactions. And if you know something's coming, it's not nearly as scary. So, um, but I thought just the music playing, should we go outside at that point? It's just I love shit like that, man. I get, I, I fall for it every time, and I love it. Yeah. Between that and like records just skipping and playing over yes. and over again, yes, know, they try to do something similar with your next with the CD playing at the beginning and just starting over from track, uh, you know, playing the same song over and over again. But it doesn't okay. have the same effect, you know, a CD just playing the same song yeah. over than right. a vinyl record skipping. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, what one of the questions I had? So at this point, she try, you know, she finds her phone. In the phone charger and all that, and she changes her clothes, 
as if she's about to go out. And I think that's that's odd. It's four o'clock in the morning. You're waiting for your boyfriend to get back. And there's somebody out, potentially some weird person outside. Why would you put your clothes on as if you're getting ready to leave? I think she, that was, I think she was in that dress early. And the and I yeah. Yeah. And she I went. Don't, I didn't think she wanted to. She was nervous and she was prepping to leave. Yeah. Cause yeah, that could be. Yeah, right. That was what I got out of it. But. Right. Yeah. <laughs> can I ask a question about the sequence happening? I guess you can. Yeah. Thank you very much. I have the floor. <laughs> um, so, so now there's a fire going on in the fireplace, right? Yeah. And then it starts backing up like somebody closed the flue of the fireplace. Yeah. So, so that's good question. Yes. Yeah. So it gets all smoky. Yep. So then instead of opening the flue, she just disconnects the or she. Rips off the fire alarm from the ceiling, and yeah. then it's not smoking anymore. I don't know yeah. about you, she but my the flu. she does she open the flu. flu. Yes, did she? Okay, yep. I didn't see that. I'm like, she like almost. She burns her hand on it a little bit. Good, you're good. <laughs> oh my Scott God. Speedman like that, breaking oh, his heart. Oh man, he had rose petals all over the place for Christ's sake. <laughs> he deserves better. Oh, <laughs> uh, but that's an interesting point because that shows us, I think, that. The person is in, gets in the house incredibly quickly and very easily because yeah. that's just like seconds after she changes her clothes. And so clearly this person has free access to the house. Um, and then we get a couple minutes later, as soon as the, um, I think this is right after the, um, fire alarms on the ground. Um, there's this awesome shot of her standing in the kitchen smoking her cigarette. And then the man with the sack, the sack man, whatever you want to call him. Sack man. We'll call him sack man. Sack, bag man. That's, that's better. Yes. Uh, bag man comes man, man into sack. like yes. the shadow. Yes. He will be now known as man <laughs> sack. Oh, are, are you talking about man sack? Yes. I agree with you. That was. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> he just stands there in the dark, just staring at her. And I think that's such a great. Great shot, so creepy and really effective. I love that. Oh, we are talking. Yeah, about it was. Uh, the the thing is, it's. I I think the problem I have with with this film is that this is the third in the in the series so far, and it feels I'm kind of revisiting some of the same scenes over because this is eerily similar to Inside, when um the girl mm-hmm. is uh you know sitting in her living room and the woman, you see her slowly fade into black inside one yep. of the rooms. You know, no, absolutely, yeah. So the thing to keep in mind, though, I would say is, you know, uh, Inside was a French film that came out in 2000, that was made in 2007. I feel like it didn't, I don't think it came on the States until the next year. So, I mean, while this film was being made, it's not like they're taking shots from that movie, is my point, I guess. Um, well, no, I wasn't thinking that they were plagiarizing the film. It's okay. Just, that, just you know, like, it's not an original shot. We've seen it before just recently. Yeah. So as cool as it was, I, I thought it was just done better in- Gotcha. And that's the thing. Um, I Obviously, out of all these, The Strangers is the film I've seen first. And so that's kind of the one for me. But yes, I agree with you. They, I think they do it uh, better, more effectively, creepier in Inside. I would agree with you there. Absolutely. What wait, else wait, so are you saying the, uh, the French do it better? Is that what you're Obviously, saying? yes. The doy. Um. Something also, just because, you know, we watched uh, them, then watched Inside, mm-hmm. watching The Strangers, I felt that this really seemed a lot like them. 
And then doing some research on the film, I guess some people thought that this was an English remake of the film Ills, which was them. Yeah, um, right. Which I could kind of see. It's very similar. It's not spot on, but mm-hmm. I find they're going through the similar themes. Well, and I think, even in the ending, it's kind of yeah, realistic. It's really, I, it's just a set of kids. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and you know, let's call them you know late teens because they're not they're not at, well they're maybe they're like eighteen nineteen years old. Yeah, they're not very um, you know, old. They can't be. No, they're older than the protagonists in them. But it's like again, they're just toying with these people. Mm-hmm. You know, like they could have killed them quickly, and they're just playing around. You know, the yeah, door and knocks and the you know right. the chasing. Oh, and it, it, like they had her dead to rights when she was killing yeah. her. There, they smashed the radio to terrorize her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like yeah, it's about the terror, and that's what they call it in the special features as a terror film, not a horror film. And yeah. it's a, all about that. It's a because I, he they could have killed her any second. The guy was in the house with the mach, uh, uh, machete. An no, axe. the axe, axe. Thank right? you, Jesus, yeah. with the axe. I'm not and she didn't even know, know he was there. He could have walked up behind her and killed that, her. But... Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So I mean, it's all about the games, all about them fucking with them, which I think mm-hmm. is so good. And I do they they do that so well. The 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 sack man at the door wall, and then um, the mask girl at the door back to back like that. Those kind of back to back jump scares. They both got me, even though I've seen the film five or so times. Um, I think those both both worked really well. Were there any moments that kind of stand out to you as being, uh, you know, the the creepiest or the the quote unquote scariest? I think to me the saddest part. Was when okay. uh, Scott Speedman comes back and then shoots his best friend, not knowing it was his. Yeah, I yeah, oh that that, that just hit me in the stomach. I'm like, damn, you know, like these guys are not getting any positives whatsoever during the duration of this film. Well, I guess the only positive for Scott Speedman is that he doesn't have to be with Liv Tyler anymore. But apart from <laughs> that, you know, writing their escape, it's like you know the best friends here kind of hammered, <clears throat> and then he kills his best friend. The only worse thing that could be is that, let's say, his best friend was his brother. You know, because for some right. reason, I thought maybe it was his brother. I'm like, oh, because it's a family house, right? That's and, what I thought, uh, too. But then I noticed the names on the wall were not – one of them was not Michael. And so I knew it wasn't. But Yeah. But, like, to, See, to me, that – I was so sad. You know, it is. And it, it's it's a shocking moment to me every time I see it just – and I think a lot of it has to do with the sound design right there because um, mm-hmm. you get for the the skipping record and then the silence and then boom, um, it's so loud and jarring. But, I, you know, this time around, that kind of that scene was just strained me. So something goes through Michael's window and then he walks up and sees these two vehicles destroyed with a door open. He has his cell phone. Why the Dude, fuck would you not yeah. immediately call the police or someone? Yeah. And well, then... I'm- that was that was one of my thoughts watching this. I'm like, he got his car window smashed. Why in the fuck is he, you know, he doesn't yeah. see anybody. Why in the fuck is he not calling the cops from his car? Exactly. Like, oh, oh my God, you moron. The only explanation I can give you regarding yeah. that, in my opinion, is that he just got, you know, he just got um, denied, um, you know, a proposal, right? Right. Maybe he's pissed off, went postal on the vehicle. And instead of calling the cops right away, he wants to make sure his his best friend is okay, you know, because maybe he's in a state where maybe he did something wrong. So there might be a possible cover up yeah. needed. Let's say he did hurt Liv Tyler, right? Um, you know, or uh, Kristen, I think her name was in the movie. Uh, so maybe he did something that you know 
as a best friend, he might have to help cover up or something. So he kind of wants yeah. to assess the situation before getting any authorities involved. Well, this is my, something you speak from experience from, else. right? Yeah. I, I can't uh, confirm or deny anything. What did you say, Ash? Something my wife pointed out, too, is it's the same night as that party. He was at yeah. the party, so he hasn't had any sex, so. Yeah, and he'd been drinking. Um, the and and the, but the other thing is that once he gets in the house, he doesn't try yelling for them. He just starts walking around. I think, and that's that's the part that really bugged me, um, because the music eventually stops, and he doesn't say anything then either. He says hello right as the gunshot is happening, but that's it. It's like why would you not in this situation? Why would you not be vocal about your presence? Because clearly something is fucking happening. Why not be vocal about it? I don't, it's just weird to me. Doesn't doesn't ruin it for me. Doesn't kill it for me. And I think that moment still works, even though the moment is a bit odd and and honestly even a bit predictable. Um, and I say that as someone who's watched the film a number of times. The first time I saw it, I don't really think I saw that coming, but I can't say for certain. Um, e- either way, I love the the setup and the execution on the technical level with the, the music stopping. He turns the corner, gets his head blasted off with this really loud gunshot blow to the head. I mean, on that level, it works really well, even if it is a bit expected. So I can forgive it. I just think one, his, you know, he's, you know, still drunk or inebriated. And two, yeah. he doesn't know what he's walking into either. So he's really still assessing, right? Because maybe there are people in the house and he doesn't want to give his position away, you know? Or maybe, again, thinks his best friend did something or maybe they're sleeping and he's just taking up on him. Who knows? But uh, I can't can't really fault him for that. It's just unfortunate he didn't didn't say anything or voice himself, uh, you know, at the same time as the uh, trigger goes. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things, I guess. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah, exactly. Um. I love the moment with uh, the truck. So, uh, like, James is outside. He sees his car's destroyed. And then um, they eventually decide that they're going to try to get out of there. Um, and uh, they get in the car and start backing up. And then all of a sudden, this truck comes out of nowhere. Um, I think that's such a great moment because it just shows – it establishes dominance. It shows how much control the strangers have in this situation. And it's really scary because of that. And as as well, it, it, what I find funny though is that they're kind of like they are in charge of this scenario, but they kind of just stumbled upon the house. How do they know so much about the place? Like, did they really do recon prior to this night? It just seems like you know uh, they attacked because they were home. But at the same time, they seem pretty organized for a group of kids wanting to cause havoc. Well, I think they are organized. I think they've done this before, um, which I think there's a line at the end that kind of gives me that thought. Um, I feel like the doll face, the youngest looking one, Gemma Ward, is yeah. – I feel like this is her first time. And I feel like the other two are experts at it. And frankly, I, I don't think they're kids at all. Like I think the I think Gemma Ward is. I think she was probably, you know, playing like a 18, 19, 20 year old. She looks like a I mean the mermaid is perfect role for, her. you know, she just looks like that nymph type character. Totally. Um and I think the the man and the other woman are probably I, I would I would wager eight 
eight years her prior, eight to ten years her prior, her her elder rather. Really? Yeah. That's kind of the feeling I got out of it. Yeah, I feel like those are the the experts. They're the ones who do this, and they kind of you know are are this is their new partner. That's possible. what I've always gotten out of it. But it's their apprentice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because she says it'll be easier next time. So clearly, she has to know that because she's done it multiple times, right? So you know what? that makes a lot of sense. But, um, and the other thing, the other kind of piece to this puzzle of them showing dominance is the way that they they don't hide the fact that they've been in the house. They make it very evident that they have. They pick up the smoke detector. They fo- they throw her phone in the fire. They mm-hmm. they do some with the char- charger cable. I think they cut it in half, or maybe I'm making that part up. But they write things on the inside of the window. I mean, it's very obvious that they are inside the house. And that, again, it just feels like a psychological mind game and them being in control. Um, but there's this line. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I was going to agree with you. Yeah, you're right. And plus, like, they don't seem hurried at all. You right. Know, they're taking their time on this. Like, they got the time. Like, you know, when they're writing on the wall, uh, good penmanship, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, every, like they took the time to terrorize these people. Yeah. I feel like when they go outside and they get to the shed, that's kind of like, it always felt like to me, like the behind the scenes of the stranger's play that they're putting on or the the performance that they're putting on, whatever they're, the act that they're performing. It always felt like the behind the scenes part of it. Like that's not where they're expecting them. And we see them come out of the house at that point. They don't know that they're watching them only for a couple seconds, but still it's kind of the, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know another way to put it than kind of the, the making of this home invasion. And I always thought that part's interesting when they go outside, but well, yeah, to me, Go ahead. a home invasion movie kind of loses a bit of its charm for me when they leave the house. When they leave, okay. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, you have the, the run in the woods and, you know, usually when that happens, it's, you know, the movie's almost over. But, mm-hmm. you know, some films, they go back in the house. I'm like, why leave in the first place? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, for me, a home invasion film is like you defend your castle. So you're there until the bitter end, until all the enemies are gone. So Why I, I think the- this one worked, though? better yeah. than them is because yeah. they're still on their property. That shed is on the property of the house. Yeah, you know, true. they don't really go outside of that and then they eventually make it back in the house, but they, they have a specific reason to go to the shed or the barn. It's not a shed. It's a barn. Yeah. They have a specific reason to go to the barn to try to find, get that radio working. And then they realize that that's not going to work and she comes back or whatever the case is. But um, so that's why I think this, I agree with you. Yes. But in this sense, I think it works better than in at least the film them. I think this works better. And what I find interesting too, yeah, though, I'd agree is that, that you know, yeah. you look at Sorry. home invasion films. Let's say they're made today, and how they're made. Just ten, like this film is like ten years old at the at the most, right? Yeah. And how they just had flip phones, and how eight years old. Home now, inv- yeah. yeah. So would a home invasion film be as scary now today with smartphones and Wi-Fi? You know, it, can like, you think of a, a a modern home invasion film? I guess Knock Knock is 2015. That's as close as we get, and I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really I, comment on it. But I haven't seen it yet, so I, I don't know. But it just yeah. seems it would be a lot easier to resolve now than right. Then, you know, well, mm-hmm. it, it, that depends on if you know. I don't yeah. know oh, you know what? My phone's always on my side. Well, well, I think they have. I'm thinking about it. There's kind of creative ways around that. If you think of uh, Hush. Uh, what terror. what way do they use around that? Obviously, is the the characters um, deaf being deaf? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's a um, the most recent home invasion film that I've seen, and I think that's kind of how they got around that. 
Um, and so, yeah, you could be right. Maybe there is there a way to make it like this? I don't know. I think the, the unique thing here, or not unique, I guess, but what makes it work here, even if it was filmed this year, mm-hmm. is that it's the location. They're yeah. not at their home. They're at like a childhood home. And, and uh, you know, Kristen, had clear, I feel like she's been there before, but probably hasn't spent as, nearly as much time there. Um, yeah. And so they're kind of out in the, the wilderness. And I think a lot of things will put you kind of in a secluded area that kind of makes that okay. Yeah, only other way I can see that, you know, they can work around it is, you know, somebody just drops the phone and then it gets destroyed. Right. You know, but I, I don't know about you, but I always had a phone case on mine, like one of those uh, auto boxes. Like, yeah. You drop it, you know, unless you smash it with a hammer, it's not going to break, you know. Um, but that's the only thing. Or, you know, kind of like a heist film where, you know, they, you know, they tell everybody to, you know, put their phones in a bag and then, you know, mm-hmm. or we're going to kill you type of thing. But yeah. that kind of defeats the purpose of toying with your, with your prey. Right. And I think the, the, I always complained about this when I kind of, I first started reviewing films was I feel like we need to graduate past the, I have no cell phone reception bullshit because I, that is one plot point that I just, it always irks me in older films. It's fine. But when I was reviewing films from like, you know, 2010, 2011, that were new films that always bugged the shit out of me. I'm like, we just, we have to get past this. There are, maybe it's just because I'm just an, you know, just a person that lives in Metro Detroit area, you know, we have a lot of cell phone reception virtually everywhere I go. But even when I go up north into the, you know, the wilderness, I still get some reception. So the in idea that Canada? we can't get wilderness at a lot of the area, get reception in a lot of these places, it just always bugs me. You know, I might. And See, I, I have I have gotten that. Well, that hasn't been a problem for the last four years. Um, mm-hmm. She's got a. Well, it's yeah. not in the middle of nowhere. There's a lot of people around. Why we get cell phone reception going out there? Mm-hmm. There was nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like people were like reaching their phones to the sky. It's like you got anything yet? No. Nope. All right, I'm gonna yeah. climb up higher on the hill and see if I can get anything. <laughs> yeah, and that was years ago, right? Land. Yeah, yeah. I, it hasn't really been a problem there for about three or four years. I mean, even now, yeah. you. You can at least get three most of the time, mm-hmm. and on good weather days, right. you do get your four G. But yeah, I can see yeah. it. I can see it happening, but you'd have to be like out in. Yeah, and frankly, I don't really see that being a, a, a device that's used as nearly as much now as I did even five, ten, you know, ten years, five years ago ish. Um, and funny. so I think we're okay. It would be very funny if your main character uh, can use the cell phone because. They're out of the service area, and they don't want to get roaming charges. He's <laughs> like, you could use it the whole time. Yeah, but I didn't want to be charged. Right. <laughs> that would be very funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know. I use mine in Canada. That's for damn sure. That shit's expensive. Oh, yeah. Even it, when it, I get it, to the border, really I have to turn it I have to turn it off sometimes because it picks up uh, – what's your, what's your company over there? Uh, We've got Rogers. We've got Rogers, yes. The is, that's the with one. With these guys – you know, it's crisp, clean, cellular data service. The coverage is, yeah. mm, you know, it's like, it's most different, you know? It's like refreshing. <laughs> no, I, I just broke wind that that's what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, I have lost my sense of smell. Oh, man. Mm. Oxygen is oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I kind of lost track of where we were, so I'll just <laughs> trudge on. Uh, but Shed. Oh yeah, I, I get. I, I whatever. Um, there's this moment that's strange to me, and I'm I'm I want to talk about it because why does the director put it in here and at this moment? So, 
at one point they decide to try to find this the shotgun and so he's searching for it and he finally finds it and they're looking for bullets and he says i'm not even sure i even know how to load this and she looks at him with this weird look and says but i thought you said you used to hunt with your dad and he says no i did it it i didn't it's just something i said now that's an odd moment to me because what does it do for the film at this point what is why have it there and any ideas like why well, Why show us that James is building himself well? up? You know, Go, I'm so, yeah. Say it one more time. I'm sorry. I cut you off. You know, it just shows he's got faults. He wasn't fully honest with her the whole time. Um, and but so you know, what? In a way, it also shows that she might not have ever been there before because, you know, he would have, you know, she would have brought it up sooner, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if they've been to the cabin before, oh, are you going to go, you know, if you're, are you going to go uh, hunting today or something or, you know, whatnot? So him telling her, that he actually just lied to her with the gun, it means that, you know, one, that she's probably never been to the cabin before. And two, maybe the relationship is that new that maybe he rushed the proposal and that's why she said no. Yeah, and that's kind that's kind of the way I was f- feeling a little bit. I was kind of leaning in that direction. I'm wondering if it has any uh, kind of meaning behind the length of their relationship or the the depth of their relationship. Yeah. Um, because we get nothing. Frankly, they don't even tell us that this is what happened, that he proposed and she said, no, they don't even tell us that. You can assume that. And I feel like I don't see any other logical explanation, but yeah. we know so little about their actual relationship. And I think that's fascinating because I always looked as the, at the film as more of a character study, but we really know so little about the characters yet. I care about them. So they do enough, you know, I don't. So I think that's just interesting. To if me, nothing kind of else, makes, it kind of makes her the bad guy in the relationship, just because we don't know the reason. It's just why because it's Liv no. Tyler, but <laughs> but just that, <laughs> you know, she said no, and he had all this ready. Something tells me they're probably just like six months in or something. You know, they're going on a road trip. Yeah. She's never been to the cabin, and you're you know launching a. You, will you marry me? I'm like, I, I I just I just met you, man. You know, right? This is 2007, so they probably met on Lava Life. Hopefully, <laughs> what on the, the fuck is Lava section. Life. Oh, he's so young. That was like the dating uh, website back, That's back so in the funny. day. That I might have used a lot. Oh, man. Um, and I was, I was just trying to think real quick, like of any other moments that kind of give us a hint at the length of their relationship, but nothing's, nothing comes to mind at all. Interesting. For our listeners, if you have anything, send it our way. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that because, I, I, you know, it's something I think is fascinating with this film. Mm-hmm. but. Okay, so what else? Um, so he, the character, uh, James, makes this decision that he's going to leave her alone. It's been made very evident that these strangers can come and go in and out of the house as they wish. And he leaves her with literally nothing to protect herself. I mean, that was such a stupid and frustrating decision for this character to make. Yeah, all she had was her wit. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Hey, you know what? He got caught first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. And that's the other frustrating part. He didn't even get a shot off when the guy comes running up behind him. Didn't even get a fucking shot off. It's like, really? But yeah. I just think that's another dumb decision made by the character, which bugs me. But well, see, again, see, though, you know, really realistic. She got ready for, you know, getting killed yeah. by bad guys. She didn't, <laughs> you know, agree to the douchebag who left her in the house without a weapon. Ooh, watch your tongue. 
I'm, I'm oh, just man. saying, you know. She she knew what she was doing. <laughs> Yeah, but, but again, you got to think, you know, you don't think clearly, or at least I, in my, see, they don't look like we're movie fans, right? <laughs> so the way they act, they're acting frantic. Now, if this mm-hmm. would happen to me, I would act in frantic, but I also have a reservoir of films that I've seen that <laughs> may or may not influence my decision. Right. You know, so th- these guys look, don't look like they would have seen a lot of invasion films. <laughs> um, so they're trying to, they're acting you know with their instincts unfortunately mm-hmm. that uh, you know they're not always right you know what that just made me think of what and it's not a home invasion film but it's that same style mm-hmm. is uh have you guys seen vacancy uh yes yeah, they're stuck in the hotel once. room yeah. okay yeah. yeah that's a that's one that I need to revisit because I really like that film and it just gave me that same kind of uh idea I, what came out around the same time, eh? Or between 2005 and 2000? Yeah, I want to say, you know, mid 2000, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. And that's John Cusack, right? Is he the, yep. the main uh, oh. No. Um, nope. It's the guy from, uh, he does a lot of comedy. Oh, my God. His name is escaping me right now. Oh, I thought it was John Cusack. Luke Wilson. Really? Luke Wilson and Kate Beckinsale. Oh, oh yes. Okay. I knew yeah. her. I don't remember Luke Wilson at all. Yeah. Oh, wait. I'm thinking the other Luke Wilson, Owen. Oh, okay. Yeah, his brother. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so a moment that bugged me with Kristen and not a choice that she made, but the a ch- decision by the director. So she she starts running and she only gets about maybe literally 10 steps before she wipes out and fucks up her leg. And then her leg's fucked up for the rest of the film. I wish she would have had... A little more of a chance. Give her just a couple more steps. Give her a little bit more than literally having her take like ten steps and then doing the the legs fucked up thing, which is another you know thing that we see often uh, in in horror films. Is I I my I hurt myself and so I can't keep going. Which it was in it was in them, uh, yeah. you know, when the guy hurts himself. So I just I wish there was a little more time given uh, when she tries to make a run for it and when she bites the dust. I don't know if that bugged anybody else, but to me, it's just it seems like it's a, it's a genre trope when it comes to these films. Yeah, yeah, that's the there, word there, I was searching there, for. Yeah, there's always self harm or self induced harm before yep. you get harmed. You know, um, right? It's like it's like a boss battle. You gotta you gotta you gotta weaken the the boss before you can go for the kill shot. So mm-hmm. it just seems, you know, again through decision making, um, you always get the same beats of these. Yeah, some are more. Uh, they're realized better than others. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Yep, definitely. Um, I, one moment I did love is when she gets into the barn, and I don't know. I hope you. I hope you guys notice it because I think this is awesome. Um, she gets into the barn, and there's just an outline of where the axe used to be, because yes, the masked man that. has it. God, I love that. It's a small moment that I really loved. It reminded me of like the six 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 being the address in Inside, for example. One thing about the barn scene and the whole yeah. radio ham radio thing. Oh yeah, I would not know how to operate a ham radio, let alone find a law enforcement officer or somebody to help me. So I like, yeah, I could not fathom her ever getting someone on a radio, knowing exactly what dial to turn it to, and mm-hmm. you know. So I'm like, this is a futile attempt. There's no way you're going to raise anybody on that radio. 
I just thought it was like a, you know, it was just like, okay, you're doing this, but <laughs> you're not going to get anything out of it. You know, obviously, if it was maybe something more like a CB radio, sure, but like a ham radio like that, no. Nah. I didn't think there was any chance she'd be able to hail. What's the difference? I guess I don't even know what the difference between a ham radio and a CB radio is. Which one did they use well, in, in The sh- in uh, the Shining? That, uh, that'd I feel like that's like CB. A CB, right? A okay. CB-ish, but that's like more of like a, like a, I guess, a home base yeah uh station i guess you know i'm thinking you know more hamish would be kind of like uh the movie frequency mm, you haven't seen that, that one with dennis quaid and jim uh Kesville, who played jesus in passion of the christ yeah no i've not seen that one to me that's more like uh, you know you need a license for ham radio uh if you're a ham radio oh really you need an actual license at least back in the day okay uh today i don't know if that's even still a thing or anything but huh. uh, I knew you needed like a radio license. So you'd be like, you know, XJV146. You okay. Know? And people can tune into that type of thing. Um, hmm. Almost like a pirate radio in a way, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, like this, the, the Shining, you know, that's like, it's kind of like a CB radio where they yeah. have a direct link to the police station, you know? Right, right. It's like, ah, oh, please, this is, uh, you know, uh, olive oil at the Shining, <laughs> uh, you know, over the hotel. <laughs> You know, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Oh, oh man, her, her name is Shelly, but yeah, Shelley, yeah, olive oil yeah. works too. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> um, one a moment I love in this toward the end is when, um, uh, she's so a, a moment I didn't like was when she decides to hide in the pantry closet. I thought that was such a stupid choice. Um, but she gets out, they get her, and then they start dragging her, and she's groggy, but she's like waking up and just starts like trying to like crawl the opposite direction and just like can't get any like traction going the other way because she's so mm-hmm. weak and I don't I just thought what a great show of desperation and just ugh, I def- it was just so defeated at that point because there's nothing she can do she's just done done for I really I was hoping she'd crack a nail or have one a nail split off oh yeah oh, wow. that's uh, no. What f- ah. I feel like that's in a film, and I can't remember what film I've seen it in. That specific thing where they're dragging her a and the nail cracks. Yeah. Well, that was probably a in Lord of the Rings, eh? Was that two hours <laughs> where she does that? But, like, she's got elven nails, so it takes a lot more. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't know. You know where she plays a Vulcan in, uh, in Lord of the Rings? She plays the Vulcan? <laughs> I, I've not, I don't want, I have not seen any of the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, oh. I, you know, I, I yeah. can't name another Scott Speedman movie, though. <laughs> Underworld, Underworld 2, uh, probably Underworld 4 when it comes out later. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, the only one I remember that is Kate Beckinsale, because she's the yeah. only one worth it. <laughs> My wife's oh, flipping man. me off now. <laughs> oh, so am I. I'm flipping mm. off so hard right now. <laughs> Yeah, Don't yeah. My wife's right. The only me. underworld is the only thing Scott. There you go. <laughs> you should have seen my dream last night. Man. <laughs> God Almighty! Oh man. Um, what was I? What was I just thinking about? You got me all distracted now. Uh, nails, nails. Yes. Oh no. Okay. Um, one thing I that I only noticed this time around. I never noticed it before. Uh, in the morning, Kristen is actually wearing different clothes. Which means that these strangers have taken her out of her blue jeans and top and put her back into her like nightgown outfit that she ends the film in, which is yep. just creepy to me. I never noticed I that before. I didn't realize that, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
they only thing they do to the guy, only thing they do to to what's it, whatever his name, J, uh, James, is put his like suit coat back on from that he was wearing at the wedding, oh, his yeah, tux coat. I think they wanted them both to. Ma- yeah, yeah. And it's just creepy that they guys- stripped her and put her in something else. Well, these guys are treating them like dolls, and they're yeah. playing with them. You know, like That's the whole true. movie, they're toying with them. So this is mm-hmm. just a, a manifestation of like you know real life dolls, right? You know, Ken yeah. and Barbie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always love the line. It's like one of my favorite lines from um, almost anything I can you know think of horror ways. Um, it's up there, not the best, but uh, one I love is "Why are you doing this to us?" And obviously, the reply is because you were home. I think that's just iconic to this film. Um, I, I absolutely love it. It's just terrifying because it could literally happen to anybody anywhere. And that's what makes it so effective along with those establishing shots in the very beginning. It just all comes together to make it feel like this can happen to you. And that's terrifying. Yeah. It, it's just random. It's mm-hmm. random. You know, you were at home at the wrong end. Right. Another Another thing I love is how each of them they such an intimate an intimate way they handle the knife each one gets a turn just shoving it into you know Kristen and uh and James it's just so ah it's fucked up i don't know what else to say about it i guess it's just fucked up because they're they're slow plunges yes you know, it's exactly not like it's a fast stab it like right. slowly plunging them in yeah that's exactly and- it they're they're sh- that's what I, I they're shoving it in as opposed to stabbing them is yeah. kind of how I look at it and it's just wow it's effective um I love the shot of her crawling uh, on her stomach to get the phone in the morning which is actually we were talking are we watching the um unrated cut or are we watching the theatrical cut and I'm guessing we all watched the unrated cut well I guess we'll find out now if we all seen this scene uh where she's crawling on the floor and she cuz of her um James's friend's phone is ringing and she's just bloody as hell and she's calling to the phone to get it in the morning. Um, uh, no, I did not see the apparently. Okay, that's that's the difference. There's one other minor change, but it's just an extended thing. It's nothing of note, but that's the big ch- difference is that we see that she's alive in the morning before she does like that jump scare at the very end. Um, and, and no, it, does that work better or worse? I, I don't know because if if your goal is for that jump scare at the end to be shocking that she's still alive, then obviously showing us that she's alive before that works makes it work worse. But I don't know. I like the way they do this. You know, I like the way that that shot is handled, and so I think it it fits in with the film really well. Me too. I kind of dug the fact that. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. I think it's so fucked up because the best part of that is actually the end scene, which Ash, you didn't see, so I'll explain it. So she crawls over the phone and then the man, who obviously they've taken their masks off now, but the man walks back in, stares at her. She like puts her hands over her face in fear and he, the guy grabs the phone and he lets her live. He walks out. He it, it purposely lets her live, which I think is, is so important as opposed to her just surviving. Huh. That's a, yeah. that's. I wonder why they cut that. Yeah, I don't know. It's only two minutes, or less than two minutes. Like a well, I think it's like a hundred and something seconds. So, yeah, about two minutes. But all right. So, Ash, what what any any other any other thoughts uh, on the film? And uh, if not, you could just go into your final thoughts. Or, or Mark, if you have anything else to add before we go into our final thoughts. No, I'm good. 
Okay. So uh, we'll start with you, Ash. What are your final thoughts and your star rating for The Strangers? Um, I think uh, a, uh, a, um, when you kind of realize that they are, it lessens up some of the um, oh really? Okay. But, yeah. Uh I mean it's just like uh I like the first time I watched it, not so much. That I didn't get that. Uh, okay, yeah, they're um mm-hmm. but uh overall I thought the act decided to put all the lines of dialogue um could have been better. Uh I think it's um two and a half out of four. Okay, very good. And what about you, Mark? What's your final thoughts on the strangers and your star rating? Uh first time I saw the film, I didn't like it. Okay, yeah, so, exactly. W- watching this film again for the podcast, uh, it's the first time since I Oh, okay. Um so I'd been a long time and you know what? I I think it fails me a bit just because of where it is in this arc. Yeah. If I would have seen this first, maybe I'd have a more positive view towards it. Right. But I honestly really my my opinion didn't really change. I okay. I don't really like this movie that much. Mm. It's got some cool beats to it. But I've seen better, you know, mm-hmm. um, again, casting kind of meh. Um, I just, honestly, apart from like the door knocking, it really was, um, again, maybe because I've seen too much. I don't know. But yeah, I, I've got friends. Like when I posted that, I was watching this for the podcast this week and like, oh, it's my favorite film. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, unfriend. Um <laughs> logical I, choice yeah i'm I'm kidding i just blocked I know. my pictures <laughs> but, um, yeah no I, I i just find this movie boring and i you know apart from maybe some creepy stuff that was in the trailer you know the skipping record over you know somebody being in the house mm-hmm. I, I just it didn't do anything for me so i'm gonna give this one and a half out of four wow yeah. wow okay okay i see you there i see you <laughs> Oh. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? It would have been a four out of four if Scott Speedman here. I, that's true. That's probably true. Well, you yeah. Know what? If if she uh, would have said yes, <laughs> then oh no, I got nothing. I don't. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> oh man. I, you know what? They probably divorced in two years, anyways. <laughs> oh my gosh! Pay so. Alimony or anything? Better off dead. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, you know, I've seen The Strangers, like I said, I think about five times now. And I feel like I feel like I learned something different about the film each time I watch it. Um, this time around, what really stuck with me was how dumb some of the choices these characters make were, um, which was a dis- bit disappointing. But still, there are some – I found some really creepy and effective moments in this film that I absolutely love. Um I called this film a character study home invasion film at one point, and I still think that's partly true. It's obviously a home invasion film, but it isn't quite the character study I remember it to be, um, as it moves a lot quicker than, I th- than I'd thought previously. Um, and frankly, we don't really learn too much about these characters outside of the fact that they're dating, James proposed, and Kristen turned him down. I mean, that's really it. Um, still, enough of, uh, uh, it's enough to make me care about them. And I happen to genuinely like the couple. I know not everyone agrees. Chris watched the film and he loathed the couple. He actually liked the film in the end, um, but he didn't like the couple at all. Um, and I'm going to come back to that in a second. But um, anyway, so I, because I like them, I want to see them make it out alive. You know, this is not as powerful as Inside was, but it's still one of my favorite home invasion films out there. And it, it 
it was really the inspiration for this entire arc. Um, I find a lot to love here. And though some dumb, dumb choices are made, the atmosphere, uh, the acting talent, and the way the story plays out still puts, Pranger, puts the strangers toward the top of my uh, home invasion pile. So I give the strangers three and a half out of four stars. So that said, previously, I would have given it four stars, but I feel like talking specifically about the order that we're watching it the way this arc was was placed um very specifically from the you know oldest film to the newest film because that's just seems like how you should watch them and uh, so i think that it's very noteworthy and very um kind of uh legitimate to say that this isn't as you know you don't like this one as much because of what you've seen coming up to it. And I think that's, that's a very good point. And it's definitely when watching inside specifically, I feel like it's definitely lessened my, uh, my love for the strangers because I see how much, how well inside does it. Um, but I still like this. I still love the strangers for what it's able to do, but yeah, so very good point. And I think it's also interesting to note that you didn't like it the first time you watched it, Mark. I didn't like yeah. it the first time I watched it. Chris didn't like it the first time he watched it. Uh, my opinion changed and, and Chris's opinion changed, but Mark, obviously yours didn't change very much. And I think, again, specifically because of the way we're doing this arc. Um, Ash, remind me, did you like this film the first time you watched it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought okay. it was Okay. Okay. So... Yet again, Ash is the oddball. So there's that. <laughs> Obviously, I have not uh, evolved for so years. <laughs> right? No, I think I think you're absolutely right. It's because you've seen so many, and and, and you're right. This doesn't do too yeah. terribly much different than what we've seen previously. It's just the fact that this is probably one of the first that I've seen, and so that's why it sticks with me so much. But. Very good. I think that was uh, that was a lot of fun to talk about. So, uh, and again, that's really the reason I wanted to do this whole arc was to rewatch this. So, uh, you know, thank you for indulging me. But now it's time to move on to the besting the backlog challenge round nine. Now, this is where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. And as a reminder, for this feature, each one of us will take a look at the other's unwatched pile be it their home video collection or one of their streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu, and pick one film that the other hasn't seen yet and challenge them to watch that film before the next podcast. And then they give a quick review of the film. So this week, Mark was watching Ex Machina as chosen by Ash. Uh, Ash was watching Sharknado as chosen by myself. And I was watching Salo or 120 Days of Sodom thanks to that asshole Mark Nadu. So um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I I need to stop talking for a second because my throat's killing me. So uh, Ash, go ahead uh, and talk about Sharknado a little bit. Well, I'm not going to have anything good to say about Sharknado, other than the fact that. Uh, all right, Ash, go ahead and stop talking about Sharknado. <laughs> and, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, go ahead. Okay. So yeah, it, uh, something good about Sharknado. They used a camera to film it. Um. <laughs> oh man! I think now I, I will say, actors, uh, an anonymous, an anonymous text from a, a someone who said, "If if Ash doesn't like Sharknado, he needs to go." I'm just going to throw that out. There it was an anonymous, anonymous text. Oh well, you know, keep that anonymous. out. Anonymous. Yeah. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Fuck Sharknado. 
fucking in the goat ass. No, I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. The the only thing that was consistent about Sharknado was the acting. Surprisingly for, and I'm not, okay, I am knocking Asylum films uh, a little bit. The acting was oh, actually man. halfway decent throughout. Okay, they realized they're kind of in a goofy shark movie. I'm okay mm-hmm. with this, you know, and, and they just, they kind of had fun with it where they could, and I'm okay with that. As far as, like, the movie goes, the consistency is all over the freaking place, and it just drove me up a wall. It's like none of them had actually ever, like, you know, bothered to research, oh, I don't know, sharks, or, you know, weather, or <laughs> or anything. I mean, I can deal with... I, I can deal with what? the the, the I, can do, no, I can deal with the tornadoes pulling up sharks. Uh, th- that's happened before, not sharks specifically, but other animals. I've seen that, you know, we've seen that before. But the way that the storm front behaves was off. The way the sharks <laughs> behave is off. No, I mean, it was bad. Like, no, okay. the, the, the fact that that you're thinking about stuff like that when you're watching a movie entitled Sharknado, that just cracks my shit up. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. Okay, no. They, they actually crack a joke in the middle of the movie. Uh, how do you know so much about sharks? I watch Shark Week. I guarantee you, <laughs> not one person involved in the writing of this movie or the directing has watched fucking Shark Week. Ever. 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 Because I'm sorry. It, it just, it, I don't know. It, it. There was a, like a couple cool scenes, but like... The effects were all over the place. They couldn't keep the weather consistent. It looked like they filmed it in bright sunlight and then added in the weather effects later. Like, we're in the middle of this, like, hurricane weather and the ground's dry two minutes later. Right. I. It was just so all over the place. It was just... So it, it was I, an uh, asylum film is what you're saying. It, no, it, it was an asylum film, but it was like... it. It's, it's like... Yeah, it's like... I, I don't know. It's like they're just like, eh. Sci-fi gave us a bunch of money. We're just going to throw as much weird, random bullshit in here as we can and go with it. And make three sequels. Yeah. Yeah, that was the, the, one, that, the one that broke me, and I actually had to pause the movie and leave the room. <laughs> the one that broke me. Okay. The house floods, right? Only half mm-hmm. of the damn house floods. <laughs> they leave, I don't, and then I the don't. rest... I don't recall and then the rest of it floods. Okay, well, okay, oh. they're in, they're in there. They're in this one dude's house, right? And, yeah. And it floods, and uh, so there's actually sharks swimming around in the house and everything mm-hmm. else. I'm like, I can deal with that. All right, whatever. They leave the house. There's like no water on the ground at all outside, and then the house like erupts in this giant water explosion. <laughs> it's like where's the rest of the damn water? Oh, uh, it's it fantastic. Just, yeah, I just no. I I there was too much that I couldn't like. If it, it it if they'd tried to probably play up the absurdity of it, like the actors were having a ball with it. You know, you could tell they're just like, this is so ridiculous, and I'm getting paid for this shit. Yeah, you know, and but uh, yeah, I don't know. And and they the 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 I think probably one of my favorite things that my wife keeps pointing out. Um, we could see shark fins in water that was not deep enough to actually, like, you know, hold a shark. <laughs> it's like the water's up to their knees, but we've got tiger sharks swimming in it. No. Don't no, it's, that's what makes it so fun. No, it's terrible. Ugh. So what's your star rating for Sharknado? <sighs> I, okay. If, 
if they'd actually like been consistent with it and made put some effort into actually like creating the weather effects instead of making I I could render up shit on my computer that looks more realistic than some of the weather shit that they did in that movie. I'm sorry. And a bomb does not um, kill a yeah, and a bomb does not kill a tornado. Ah, oh my god. Oh, so Sharknado disagrees. I you know what? No. No. <laughs> I mean, I've actually liked some asylum movies. This is not one of them. Um, oh, and man. I actually, I actually prompted my own thing and went through and took the other three out of my rotation. <laughs> uh, because is, is it no. asylum? No, I thought it was sci-fi. I think no, it's, it's asylum. Sci-fi made it, but sci. Well, sci-fi. I think aired it, but it's an it. asylum. It's from the asylum. Yeah. Oh, well, on Netflix, it says a sci-fi film. Uh, uh, sci-fi presents, and then it's like an asylum film. So oh, they, yeah, they okay. like partner. They basically ponied up the money for asylum to make it, so. which is how they do a lot of their a lot yeah, of their stuff. Of their, Seems like it's one of their nicer asylum. looking asylum films then, because I've seen some bad asylum. No, it, I would yeah, agree so with you. I think it is. I, I, I as far as for as many effect shots as they had in, there was quite a few that looked good, but there were yeah. so many that looked terrible, like not even remotely close to good. Like, ugh, it, it hurt. It hurt. Um, but no, I, I actually would give this one a one out of four. Okay. I think what yeah, Asylum does. a whole star. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I think what Asylum does best are the, uh, like the sex comedies that we watched. I think those were legitimately fun movies. Uh, yeah. I think that's probably what they do best, but. Well, and that's um, Mark, have I, you. I'm, I'm betting with the other sequels, it just sounds like, you know, they had fun with it and we just went yeah. for the absurd with it, but I right. don't think I could suggest all to that, so. <laughs> I think I've only seen the second one. I haven't watched three and four yet, but Mark, have you, you've not seen any of these then, Mark, right? I've only seen the first. Oh, you have seen the first one. Okay. Yeah. Very good. What yeah, did you think of it? Because it, it, it rhymes a lot like uh, Mark Nato, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's very true. What did yeah. you think of the first one? Uh, it's fun. Yeah, but it, it, it's fluff. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but to, to me, it's it's a fun. Uh, it, it, it's a one senseless. of your typical fun uh, shark uh, raining on populist films. You know? Right. Like exactly. when a guy can saw a shark in midair with a chainsaw. Oh, it's amazing. Yes, that's I love cool. that. To me, that's no. cool. Like, I know. I love that. It was so you know, awesome. I. I but it's have... it's. See, I, and I could have dealt with that if they had gone like full on Army of Darkness. Fuck this, you know we're gonna yeah. make this a uh, horror comedy. I could have gone with that, but they were playing it fucking straight through the most yeah. of it. It's just like, ah, oh, no. The film would probably get an extra star rating if Bruce Campbell uh, featured in it for sure. Oh no, man, a cameo. Yeah, yeah, because it it had his style. It just didn't have him in it. Mm-hmm. No, it, it didn't have him in it. It just it was I don't know. They, well, like like most of his films, a lot of his uh, <laughs> indie films are not funny. The Man yeah, with the Screaming yeah. Brain and uh, what's the one that he plays himself? Oh, um, oh no, no, it's not, not funny. Do not, do not mock. My, my name, name is Bruce. Bruce. My name is I Bruce. I yeah. hated My Name Is Bruce. Oh, I actually went and saw My Name Is Bruce. He was uh, when he uh, when he had like theater touring with it. And so yeah. we actually got to watch the movie. That's, so that's cool. cool. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I bought this. I own a copy. <laughs> I, I was so disappointed because it sounded so cool. And it was just, he, he plays a wacky parody of himself. Like, I just, I wasn't into it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I, know, I thought it was fun. 
Speaking of, uh, you know, shark movies, um, I feel like one that gets overlooked that is, I think, just really, really well done. Um, have you guys seen the movie called Bait? It's an Australian film. No, but I've heard of it, though. But I've yeah. never seen it. That one, uh, if you like shark films, and it's it's like, you know, there are comedic moments, but it's not a, com- a horror comedy at all. It's straight, you know, horror film, shark attack film. Um, definitely over the top in the setup, but I think the execution is really well done. Um, they had it in 3D, which is why I initially watched it. And actually, 3D is pretty good with it. But uh, if you've not seen Bait and you do like shark films, one I definitely recommend. Um, I love Deep Blue Sea also, but I'm sure people have seen that one. Oh, yeah. I've got one that I bought on Blu-ray. Um, I don't remember how I got it, but it's called Shark Knight. Um, Shark Knight 3D. And, uh, it's one I just <laughs> never ripped open. But Sarah Paxson's in it. I'm just looking at that right now on IMDb, and I like her. So I should uh, pull that out. Yeah, I've not seen that one. I've seen uh, Shark Week, which was from another Asylum film. And that one sucks. But I really wanted to see that the shark... The one you were just talking about. I really want to see that one. That's a more recent film, right? Like a few years, maybe? Uh, 2011. Okay. No, yeah. Or Shark Knight. Yeah, it's 2011. Yeah, you're right. Yep. That's the one I want to see. And The Shallows. I really want to see that. I don't know if it's a shark film, but I really want to see it either way. It's in the water, so it counts. Yeah, I'm thinking it is a shark film, but it's one I haven't had a chance to check out yet. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I haven't either. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it, so I really want to watch that one, but... Um, anyway, so um, I'll go next. So I watched um, Salo or 120 Days of Sodom. So I am a uh, big fan of the Criterion Collection, and I have a pretty large number of their films in my in my collection. But um, they were really the first kind of niche publisher I started collecting back when I first started buying Blu-rays um, heavily back in around 2009-ish. Um, I love getting all of their cult and horror titles, which is basically all I ever end up buying from them nowadays because I've come to realize uh, once I started actually watching some of these that I just don't enjoy everything that they consider worthy of their logo. And Salo is another shining example of just that. So this film is set in the uh, Nazi-controlled city of Salo. Uh, These four dignitaries decide to round up a group of nine boys and nine girls to essentially just do whatever in the hell they please to them. Um, The rape is probably the least offensive thing that these four dignitaries do to these poor kids. And and they're definitely kids. Like, not one of them could be over the age of 20 out of the, the 18 group there. So these four assholes use and abuse these kids for presumably 120 days, and then they just go on about their lives, I guess. I don't know. Um, every like sexual fantasy that they could come up with is what they do to them. And there is a special emphasis placed on fecal matter, which is undoubtedly... What the, yeah, what the film is most known for. Even if you've never watched it before, you probably know about that fact. Um, I was lied I to. Unaware. Really? Yeah, you're full of shit too. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was lied to going into this because Chris, who I was texting that I was getting ready to watch it, he told me, oh, those scenes are only for a few minutes. Bullshit. <laughs> it's almost, it's almost an entire fucking act of the film. I mean, it's just so over the top disgusting that like I involuntarily moved my hand over my face at points because I just didn't want to see what was about to happen. 
Um, And the the worst (laughs) part of all this is that there doesn't seem to be any point to all this torture. It's just there to be there, which could work if the film was entertaining, but it is not. Um, the moments where the people have the cl- have clothes on are filled with these women telling stories of, of pedophilia and sexual violence, and, and plus the a- aforementioned talk of excrement. And uh, it's just – it's not worth sitting through. You know, I'll admit I know nothing of the era that the film was set. So maybe the, di- the director who is uh, Pier Pier- Piero Pasolini – Pierre Paolo Pasolini, however you say it, uh, a famous director who's known for his extremely explicit films. So maybe he was making a statement, but I couldn't tell you what it was if you paid me a million dollars right now to say it. Um, you know, there was nothing redeeming about the film, frankly. And, and the only reason I would ever recommend someone watch this is out of sheer curiosity. You know, I'm honestly, I'm glad I can say I've seen it because it is an infamous cult film. But honestly, if I wasn't watching it for this challenge, I would have turned it off about halfway through. Um, it, you know, I could not wait for this literal shit show to end. Um, and I've seen, I am now, I'm not a stranger to extreme cinema by any stretch. I've seen, you know, the, the human centipede, um, the, uh, Oh my God, the Serbian film, uh, the life and death of a porno gang, which I think is really graphic. That doesn't get nearly talked talked about nearly enough. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not a, a virgin to extreme cinema by any stretch. You know, and I those films are I, I like watching uh, if they are entertaining. I didn't like the Human Centipede, but Serbian film was good. I'll never watch it again. Um, it was just a well-made film, but it's fucked up as you can get. Um, and Life of Death of a Porno Game, another one like I just don't need to see again, and I will never watch Solo again. Um, but this one it just wasn't entertaining at all. Um, I'm I'm given uh, Solo or 120 Days of Sodom only a half star, 0.5 wow. out of four. You know, I did hear it gets better upon rewatch and rewatch. <laughs> yeah, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh man. Oh god, have you seen this one, Mark? No. Okay, so you just know about it. I still haven't seen Two Girls One Cup. I just shit. Oh my god! Interesting. Yeah, I've seen that, and I can I can't get it out of my like head. I want it to be gone, and I just ugh. Like you guys like meat? You guys like meatloaf? I I don't eat red meat, so I don't eat meatloaf. Uh, But (laughs) okay, so more exactly. I would never anymore if I did. Yeah, no, just that movie does not interest me. Like I heard about it years ago in the room boards, and yeah. I'm not one to watch a gore film for gore's sake. I need a good mm-hmm. story. But when it comes to shit eating and torture, I'm like, ah, why? I just, and there's so many good yeah. things out there to watch. Like the cinema bitch who made you watch right. that. Fuck him. <laughs> fuck that guy. That's right. Fuck him. <sighs> uh, but no, like I'm legitimately happy. I can say that I've seen that film now and I can yeah. try to sway people away from it as best I can. Yeah. But no, I never would. If you're interested, definitely check it out because you might find something. You might be smarter than I am and realize that there is some message there. But No, I'm far from smarter than you. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one like I finish a movie and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I jerked off three times to this. <laughs> oh my God. So here's the movie I was most excited to hear about because this is one I just picked up on Black Friday. Uh, finally, after hearing so much about it, my best friend is, he fucking loved this movie when it came out, talking about it nonstop, talking about how I needed to see it and blah, blah, blah. And I just haven't watched it. Uh, but I'm talking, of course, about Mark's film for this week called Ex Machina. So Mark, how yeah. was that? Oh, I love this movie. Good. Um, 
I enjoy smart indie. I, I find indie films so good right now because the technology is there. They can make yep. a, a good sci-fi indie film and make it look good. Mm-hmm. And this one blew me away from the beginning till the end. It's beautifully <laughs> shot. The locations are awesome. Um, this film, okay, I'll read the synopsis really quickly here. It's really short. So a young programmer uh, who is played the, by uh, Dom Nall Gleason, who is uh, Brendan Gleason's son. Uh, you oh. might know him from an episode of uh, uh, Black Mirror. You know, the one with uh, him dying in, in a car crash and his wife gets his mind uh, oh, implanted. Oh, yeah. That's the same guy. You know, he's in uh, episode seven. He's in charge of the Star Killer base. Um, so oh, I, I, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I did, yeah. Um, I only knew of Oscar Isaac in this film, and uh, I knew that it was a female robot. I didn't know that Domo Gleason was in it. Uh, so I was excited because I like I like his dad's movies. Like In Bruges is one of my favorites, um, and I like him. Uh, so very excited that he was in it, and Oscar Isaac's in it, and it's also very funny that um, well they're both in episode seven. You know, go figure. Um, so yeah, so a young programmer is selected to participate in groundbreaking experiment in a groundbreaking experiment with synthetic intelligence by evaluating the human qualities of a breathtaking humanoid AI. She is played, this would be Ava, played by Elisa uh, Wickender. I'm sure I'm, you know, butchering her uh, her uh, pronunciation. Yeah, I feel like um, that's what always we always do on this show is butcher how do you say people's names. Yeah, it is I do it, it is, all the right? time. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't recognize her from anything until I watched IMDb, and I'm like, oh yeah, she's the girl from the man in uh, Man from Uncle, the uh, Guy Ritchie film. She's in a bunch of movies that I've seen, but I couldn't, I could, I, I didn't know that was her with the way she's portrayed in this film. Because really, all you really get is her face. Um, obviously, mm. you know, uh, they use her human, uh, her, her body to, you know, replicate the, the robotic uh, body. But the only, like, you know, human part is her visage. Um, the special effects are breathtaking. So this film, uh, there was a budget of, if I read this correctly here, uh, $15 million. And uh, let me just oh, wow. check that. It's yes, higher than so I expected. $50 million yes. budget, and it won the special effects Oscar last year, beating The Revenant, who had a uh, budget of 135 Mad mm. Max Fury Road, which won 50 and it also beat up, or beat up, it beat out um, <laughs> Star Wars Episode Seven for best special effects. Wow. That's pretty huge, and it that shows. Is. it. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, um, the, it, I, I, yeah, they, like, when really I see, does. when I see good special effects, I don't want to see any behind-the-scenes features because I don't want to know how it's made. Because, like, what yeah. I'm watching, like, in this film, it's movie magic. Um, mm-hmm. Mad Max Fury Road, to me, that was movie magic. I don't want to know how they did the movie magic. You know, yeah. I want just to be immersed. I don't need to know technical details. Um, but oh, this this was awesome. Um, so uh, the character of uh, Gleason, uh, it's, his name is Caleb. So he wins a... A contest ran by Oscar Isaac's character, character Nathan, who's kind of like a Bill Gates slash uh, dude from Facebook. So <laughs> he's super rich. He's super smart. He creates this this AI and brings him to his home so that he can do kind of like a, a Turing test to see if 
after speaking with her over the course of a week, if he thinks she's actually human or a robot. Um, mm. So I honestly don't want to spoil this film because I think everybody should go and, and, and check it. But it's fantastic. Um, the house uh, of the multi-billionaire uh, Nathan by Oscar Isaac, it's actually a hotel in Norway called the Juvet Landscape Hotel. And it's breathtaking. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I fucking love this movie. Um, it's, it's slow and it's a talkie, but I mm-hmm. dig slow burns and I like talkie films if it's going to go somewhere. And it, it gets me right off the bat. The cast doesn't hurt. Um, maybe I won't feel the same way by uh, other actors' performances in the, these roles, but I thought it was perfectly cast. Um, I love it. Now, what, what I think is fucking awesome marketing for this film. I don't remember if it's, if it was at Fantastic Fest or if it was at South by Southwest, but this is when Tinder came out that, you know, people set for Tinder mm-hmm. and people that were at, I believe it's South by Southwest. They were at the, at that, uh, at that festival. They're using Tinder. And I guess they use the actress's face for a profile. <laughs> so they would start talking to her if they both matched. And then, you know, it felt like a real person. The whole thing at the end of their chat conversation was promotional material just to go see the movie. Because, like, do you think I'm real? Like, and he'd be like, yeah, of course, you know. And pretty much the, the chat bot made the guy or girl, I'm not, whatever, um, made them think she was a real person. But it was just a chat bot promoting wow. the film at the festival. How that's fucking awesome. great is that? Oh, totally that's awesome. So, cool. so that's how I first heard about the film. Um, I didn't see any trailers for this film because I don't, I don't see code trailers. I want to discover this film on my own. But I just mm-hmm. I knew about the film. Um, so Mondo actually released a beautiful steel book, um, uh, in Canada for this movie. So I picked it up and, uh, it's been sitting on my shelf probably a year, year and a half. And, uh, I'm glad you guys picked it for me because I, it got me out off, uh, off my couch to actually pick this film and put in my player and yeah, <laughs> blown away. I, I, I give this four out of four stars, like max, max score. Fucking loved it. It's, it's awesome. a fantastic film. Yeah, that's I fucking would great. Absolutely yeah, like love like that just yeah, like uh, uh, Alicia Vikander who plays Ava the robot. You know, she's so fantastic as as the AI to a point hmm. where like, oh, I want one too. You know, it, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. It's like Siri times a billion. You know, what yeah. I mean? like Eventually, we'll have an AI like that on all our phones or whatever if we sell a phone in the future. Hmm. But uh, she was fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, I, I don't want to watch it again right away because I don't mm-hmm. want the magic to kind of you know d- dilute with you know too many viewings off the bat. But right. this is something I can easily pick off the shelf every few years and uh, watch it with glee. Amazing, fantastic, very cool. Um, I don't know why it's not really related, but it's just another kind of uh, independent, low budget indie film. Have you guys seen Primer? No. No. Oh, you haven't? But I've never seen it. No. Okay. You should. I think you should watch that. I think you might like that one. Yeah. I'll it's like a uh, time travel film, but it's uh, very, you know, just low budget, independent sci-fi. I think you'll enjoy it. You know, I think there was a trailer for that before this film. Oh, that there could that very well could be. <sighs> it's very possible. It sounds familiar. So yeah. Or maybe no. I'm thinking time lapse. Never mind. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, that's 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 a little different. That's a little bit like uh, Chronicle. Gotcha. Not Chronicle. What's that movie uh, that MTV did where the kids go back in the past because the dad? Oh, Operation. No, not Operation. Shit, the guy. His dad was a scientist. God damn. Mm, I don't know what you're talking Anyways, about. Conversation for another day. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll okay. try to remember it for next time. Yeah. All right. So very good. So for this week, um, we are picking. We're back to the spot where we pick for ourselves again. So, Mark, we'll let you continue. What are you going to watch for next week? 1994's Transfer 4, Jack of Swords. Oh, man, I should have known. Yeah. Fantastic. Transfers 4. Jack of Swords. Ja- let me write that down so I don't forget next time. I don't want to make you upset at me. Jack no, of you- Swords. You don't want to say it too fast, because then it's jack off swords, and that just sounds painful. <laughs> and you get a lot of palm injuries. So transfer oh, jack off swords. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> oh gosh! And what about you, Ash? What are you watching for next week? <laughs> transfer four jack off swords when you jack off too much. <laughs> oh man! Oh, man. Ah, <laughs> I, I would watch that like right now. I, I should be going to bed, but no. If it's about jack-off swords, and oh, you got to put, uh, you got to put an ointment on that. It's going to get infected. <laughs> it's just a whole movie. He's at the pharmacy. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm going to watch Mister Nobody from 2006. Ooh, that's with uh, Jared Leto. Is it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very good. I've heard of that, but I can't think of uh, what it is. Very good. And so um, I decided that I am going to watch a film that I've owned for a while now and have heard so much about and really want to finally watch it. Uh, Pieces. I've not seen Pieces. Neither have I. Yeah. Um, And so I will be watching that. I own the Grindhouse releasing um, version of it. And I've heard so much about it. So I will finally watch that this week. So just to recap, Mark, you are watching Trancers 4, Jack of Swords. Jack of Swords. <laughs> Ash, you are watching Mr. Nobody. And I am watching Pieces. And so next week, Mark, you will pick for Ash. Ash, you'll pick for me. And I will pick for Mark, just so we kind of get a a heads up for next week, so we know what we're doing, all right? Yes. All right, so that is our Besting the Backlog Challenge round nine, so excellent. And that will be that for this week. I feel like this was a a bit of a longer one, but I think it was a lot of fun. So uh, the next episode, which will be live Friday, December 16th, will review... Uh, excuse me, will feature a review of 2010's Kidnapped. So make sure you get your hands on that one so you can follow along with the podcast. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or if you're listening to us somewhere else, leave us a review there. Positive reviews help us get more listeners. And so we really appreciate you taking the time to do just that. And thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ash, for joining me again on episode, what are we, 72. 72. Thank you, guys. 72. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening to the 72nd episode of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film, we trust. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.